0: What's up, fam? Welcome to the show. This podcast is brought to you by Vision by Dreamers. On today's episode, we have with us Pastor Sean McKeon of Calvary Chapel Golden Springs. Pastor Sean has been serving on staff at Calvary Chapel for over 16 years. and shares a little bit of his personal testimony and beginning into ministry. There's also some cool topics concerning your calling, marriage, family life, ministry, and the effect of censorship in today's culture. Check this out. Let's do it. (laughs) 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 Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening, Father, that you've given us to hang out with Sean McKee, and I pray, Father, that you would just bless this time of fellowship, Father. May it be a time of just brotherly encouragement, of learning, Father, and I pray, Father, that our conversation would be directed by you. I pray, Father, that you would Use this, Father, to minister to ourselves, to others who listen, and I pray, Father, that if there's people out there just struggling with some of the topics that Jeez. we speak with tonight, Father, may you just minister to them. May your Holy Spirit do so. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Sean McKean, how you been, brother? I'm doing great, man. That's right good. on, <laughs> dude. Dude, I'm excited that you're here, man. Are you? I really am. Yeah, now, this is a blessing for me. When
1: I saw you guys doing this a couple months ago, and like you saw, like, it was cool. I saw you guys do it. Scott, I think Stephen mm-hmm. Cameron do it too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen a few different ones. I love these kind of like sit-downs, conversations, mm-hmm. you know, just speaking on things. And uh, you guys are awesome too, Heck, so. thank you. Dude. I'm glad thank I was able that. to make it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It, we, we wanted to make sure that we got, because th- this podcast has evolved, right? So first we started in chairs, like... I was yeah. the first person on this podcast. Yeah. It was him interviewing me, fuzzy camera and, yeah. and then you interviewing yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we did we brought um, Cam on and we did like three episodes with Cam yeah. where it was like Cam uh, us interviewing him and then me and him interviewing him and then mm-hmm. him and Cam interviewing me. Yeah. But it was really because Cam wanted to start doing like a little podcast or whatever. Yeah. But we knew like there were people in our minds like, dude, eventually we want to have this person on the show, but we need to like hone it. Get in your first. flow going. Yeah, we we, we needed to yeah. find it, and so it's it's just been super dope. And there's even certain people like Scott. I'd love to have him back because he's just wanted yeah. to talk. To I you, ran dude. into so him.
0: He said he wants to be back. Yeah. Is, yeah, it'll be good <laughs> to have him on, dude. i yeah. even Dave to, recently. He was like, he was like, hey, when you know, I don't want to impose but if you ever want me back it, it's fun to do Scott is looking jacked right now so he he? Scott's yeah. just ripped huh? you I mean, know what
2: though isn't it like I don't know just me like doesn't it seem to like work easier for him like Scott could do like 10 push-ups and look buffer dude like he, <laughs> yes. I don't know what it is yes. about that I guy mean, me dude. and Wade
1: always give him a hard, hard time we're like dang where you get those forearms from man yeah like, for real so <laughs> yeah as he gets older man that, that's weird yeah. I know
3: <laughs> but he's awesome. but you know
1: Scott has a like, having him on the show too is like awesome because Scott can speak on so many things
3: mm-hmm. you know a mm-hmm. lot of
1: people have gotten to know him over the years and see him as a pastor teacher mm-hmm. but he's a smart guy in so many things For like sure. like history um, obviously like military kind of stuff right. and just mm-hmm. like a different mindset and did he's able to connect with you do people he
2: too. I don't know if you noticed but he, he tends to retain information really good and then when he like like when he nails something, like, when he learns about something, he could teach it, like, yeah. years later, bro. Mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's. he's, like, a master yeah. of, like, so many topics, dude. He's my homie, man. <laughs> I love yeah. The guy.
0: yeah, this has really been turned into just us hanging out with our friends again. Yes. It's kind of our excuse of, like, hey, like, we, we want to hang out with a certain person. And we're like, well, we'll oh, bring him on the podcast, yeah, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it's really opened the door also for me to learning like directly, Mm. like one-on-one with somebody, and then also giving you a platform where now you have an opportunity to give me a whole thought process. Because sometimes if it's like really short, I don't get to get all those nuggets, you know, that are in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, sometimes scripted things like, okay, you're going to hit these points and we're going to talk. Like you as an audience, you'll like be like, oh, I I wish I... I wish I could have heard a little more about that, mm-hmm. and that's why, dude, do not stray away from rabbit trails on this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. if 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 like you're like, oh, that'd be kind of long to get into that. Like, get into it, bro, because uh, that's that's the stuff that you don't get in like the scripted shorter setting. You know what I mean? So, right. I like
0: I'll, I'll jump into kind of one of my first questions yeah. for for you, Sean. Shoot it for today is I kind of want to know your uh, entering into Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. Uh, People see you right now a lot um, on social media or if they're going to the church. um, You are a leader there Mm -hmm. and you're someone that people do look up to. But I kind of want to hear just a little bit and you could dive into it as deep or as short as you want. Just a bit of your background into Calvary Chapel.
1: Well, you know, it's a trip. I was talking to Raw last week. I was walking through the hallway, and I had to look at something on um, our system in in the church, you know, on on payroll or whatever. And I looked at, my name was there, and it shows you how long you've been there. And it said 16 years. I was like, 16 years? Flew by. I mean, times I I could have been a doctor twice. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I mean, it's it's been a long time. But, Mm like, um, as far as entering in, it was so natural like mm-hmm. as far as didn't really know what a pastor is and not knowing I mean obviously from a distance right. but it wasn't my desire you know you guys know my story of coming from a background of drugs alcohol mm-hmm. the party life um and when I was 26 going on 27 that's when I had the two DUIs I was strung out on meth I was in a bad place in my life and uh You know, I was the black sheep of the family. Like, Mm -hmm. I come from—I have two other brothers. My older brother didn't really get in a lot of trouble. My younger brother got in trouble when he was high school, fighting a lot. But then he um, went to the Air Force and became very successful. You're laughing because my brother's hilarious. Because I know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) He
2: he entered my mind for a second, and I was just—of course, he was fighting all the time. So
1: yeah, he went to the Air Force, successful. Come out, he got a job as a fireman, and then he—everything he touched, kind of just was—he was successful Mm -hmm. in. And me, I was, we were talking about earlier, I was in construction, I right. was painting, I was going back and forth, I'd get high, I'm, mm. I'm like just wasting out all the money that I'm making uh, just <laughs> to party, right? Yeah. Uh, until it just, things just started caving in. Mm. I, I remember this one time, and you know, me and Mikey were talking about construction, one of my bosses that knew me since I was 15 years old, one time I, I was always very on point, like working, I was always a hard worker. And I didn't show up. I, I was the leader. I was the superintendent on this particular job, mm. and I couldn't go. I was so hammered the night before. There's no way. I <sighs> was like, yeah. I've been up all night, and I just didn't call him because I didn't want him to yell at me. I was just done. I just couldn't even communicate. So he had to call and kind of mm. have my back with, uh, with the place. And then I showed up to his office like, later in the afternoon, and I, I thought he was just going to yell at me, like just go off. And then he looks at me, and he goes, McKeon, he would call me by my last name. Mm -hmm. He's like, one day your parents are gonna get a call that you're dead. Mm -hmm. You're gonna crush your family's life. And he wasn't a moral guy. Like the guy I used to drink (laughs) with and party
2: too. He was a construction worker. Yeah,
1: but he uh, he saw where I was Mm. going. Like there was my just death, like in my eyes, Mm. you know. um, And I was just in a place where I was truly broken. Those second DUIs, strung out on meth. A lot of friends, party life, but I was done. And so when I first started coming to Golden Springs, it was April 7, 2004. I knew Raul from Ryan. And then um, I came to just talk with him, chop it up a little bit, Mm. and chopped it up. I've learned something from Raul that day. Even though I was in in a bad place, he didn't force himself on me. He didn't make me say the sinner's prayer at that moment. Mm-hmm. He weeped. He cried when he saw me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he prayed for me. He gave me a Bible, a, got, a bunch of books. Long story short, that night I would go back to the service and I gave my life to the Lord. And I can truly say that from that moment on, my life changed forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- the results of that second GUI, I had three years probation and it was strict. I had the 18-month alcohol class. I had fees from that. I had fees from the court. Mm-hmm. My life wasn't in a good place. Suspended license. My life wasn't in a good place. And when you're like down and out like that, you like don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. But whatever happened to me that night, which I know the Lord touched me, those things weren't overwhelming to me anymore. Hmm. Wow. I just like, this is legit. This is real. I remember going home. I called a girl I was talking to at the time, my brother, Ryan Reese, ex, his cousin, and then uh, one other person, and just told him like, dude, I'm done. Like... I ain't gonna get hammered no more. Like mm. I, have been reading the Bible for a couple weeks, and I went to church, and this is legit. And mm-hmm. so I just dived into the Word. All my desire was understanding the Bible because I knew it was true. Uh, I saw the Passion of the Christ movie; it spoke mm-hmm. volumes to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, by His Spirit, was just kind of I was all because we've always connected, Mikey, because of like music and stuff. Yeah. I, I know you like music too, mm-hmm. and. Um, I like old school music and what I like lyrical content. For sure. So I would always, I loved the Beatles growing up and John Leonard was my favorite. He, two of the, him and Paul McCartney known are some of the best songwriters of all time influenced so many. Hmm. Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, all those guys. And because of that, my mindset was always into different kind of philosophies. Mm. You know I had different girls that got into w- the weird stuff of like the astrology and all, all those yeah, kind, age. kind of new kind of new ages kind of thing. didn't get into it too deep, right? But I would like read stuff, I would listen to stuff, I would be open, I went to school too, and uh, I, I studied psychology, so all of those kind of things always got my attention. Mm. And so when the word got a hold of my life, it began to make all of those things. Seems shallow. Mm. I would write. I used to write all the time too, especially in that last year or so before I came to the Lord. And I, I still have a lot of those papers because I was be just sharing my heart. Mm. And as I look back on them, you could just see that this battle mm. that was going on in my mm. life. Um, and anyway, the word is what captured me. Wow. The mindset of like I needed to know. I was always a skeptic of, of stuff, and so I find a lot of strength and confidence in the power of God's word, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's true. I wasn't somebody that would just like fall for whatever my homies are doing with friends. Like this has to make sense to me. Mm. Um, You know, in the book of Acts, it says they were Bereans. They, they listened and they went home and they studied. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I was at. And so what that did was it catapulted me into like just getting deep in the word, coming here, worship. I was going to prayer nights on Friday nights. You Mm -hmm. know, I felt like I was like one of the only younger guys there other than some younger kids, like with their parents and stuff. But it just became legit and that's real in my that's life. kind mm-hmm. of
2: that's kind of like um trippy I mean, I knew we we've always talked about music dude like i you, I could send you something like dude check this out yeah. like you know, like this, but and I heard you one time say something like that in a Bible study I was like sitting in the back of the of the main sanctuary and, and it was a evening service, and you talked about how like the chili Peppers lyrics used to just be so deep to you, yeah. and then and then how later on as you got into the word, how everything paled kind of what you said. And it, you remember even going back and seeing like more shallowness to things that seemed so like profound, you know, like John Lennon's, um, what is it? Imagine, you know, in your mind, that sounds like this guy's like speaking like a religion, you know, <laughs> in your mind <laughs> yeah. or something, you know, and I remember those feelings too. And then you come to the Lord, but, but here, here's what, what intrigues me differently about you saying it this time is, I feel like there is that feeling to people who are who are naturally artistic or or philosophy minded. I'm not saying they studied philosophy, but just have the the mind to like be intrigued with deeper thoughts and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And and there's a tendency to to let Christianity seem like like. It doesn't match those things, like you know, like here is a bunch of simple people that just raise their hands yes. and are just all following the flow of this religion, but they're not deep like me. But that's not, that's the opposite. Like yeah. here, you are explaining the depth of the word, and and this, something similar happened to me because it, Dale p- prayed for me one time, and I received the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. dude. I had never understood the Bible the way I did, literally from one moment to the next. I went home. And I read like the entire book of John, I think like it it was like two nights or something like that. And then I just, I read most of the new Testament, like a really short time. But once I got to Paul, I I couldn't even see him as like, before the Bible seemed so like thou shalt or the, you know, like that in my head, somehow I must've read just something in Genesis. I don't know. But once I got to Paul, dude, I couldn't help but to see this mind, like this dude that, that, In his authorship was was you were like hearing like what he's doing like what he's doing with these people and like what what angle he's approaching and like he'll say like things that are so like amazing brain that guy must have had like an amazing mind i remember immediately getting like intrigued with with the author's mind of like what he was up to like i was like this guy's like kind of playing chess with like people you know and Mm -hmm. what's happening to him and And, and so I kind of like you, like I saw something that before I had never seen before. And I didn't, same thing too with like lyrics, dude, reading as I grew in the Lord, reading like the Psalms and the Proverbs, like those, those are like songs, dude, like those are deep lyrics, you know? And so I tripped out, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that you were. That entire that mindset, yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm.
1: You, it's funny, you said something that was making me laugh in my mind because I thought the same way like that. I had a mom that was a Christian. I knew of Christians and I thought they were cool people. I just never thought that I'd be able to connect with them. Mm. And I can remember this conversation, you know sometimes you have a conversation with somebody and it just sticks with you, mm. you don't realize it. There was this girl that me and her were pretty close. I did work. Not, I didn't just work in construction. I did work at a restaurant a couple of times, and I worked at a macaroni grill in uh, Rancho That's Cucamonga. Funny. And uh, me and this girl connected. And there was another girl I was seeing, but this girl was a Christian, mm-hmm. and we just had a good connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would hang out sometimes. And she was she was a Christian, but like she, we we even though I was partied, I was getting high with the mm. people. I don't know what it was. It was just a, a cool connection. Mm. And I remember that we would be driving, and I I'd be listening to stuff. She'd be playing I don't know, some kind of Christian. Rock. I it, I probably would know it now, but At the I don't time, know if it like, was like a Switchfoot yeah, or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And I just remember like, oh, I'm like, hey, let me put this on. I have my own stuff. When you Let me put, put some TV. real music on. Yeah. I'm putting a ludicrous. I remember. I remember. Like yeah, I, I put a ludicrous. I didn't know you like I Like, you know, yeah, like rap and everything. Right, There's a ludicrous, and it's just like gnarly, yeah, you yeah, know, horrible yeah. lyrics yeah, at that time. Sure. In that time, the early 2000s. Yeah, I remember. And uh, she's like, "What are you? What are you listening to?" And then she took it out, and then she wanted to put something else in. And I remember talking about the Christian. Like I'm down with Christians and stuff, but like the only problem I have is like I feel like. Christians, they lose their own identity of who they are.
2: Mm, mm. Interesting.
1: You know, so like what you're saying, mm. like that was my perception too. And like even what the Bible says though, the thing that stuck to me is when Jesus says when you try to um, save your life, you lose it, but when you lose your life for my sake, you actually find I it. it. Yep. You find the essence of life. You you get the big questions yep. answered in your life of like why you are here, what you're created for. Yep. Because going back to the musical and the, and the content, mm. there have been so many great poets and musicians that they write these very eloquent like lyrics Mm. but yet they take you to this level of questioning um life and Mm. maybe they seem like they have answers of stuff and then it just levels off yeah and then you just take it in from their own personal life Mm. you know one of my favorites i love motown like i love motown from the 60s like love al green love marvin Gaye, the temptations Mm -hmm. you know oj's all of them I think you do like a little history on the uh, the temptations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had like a lot lot of womanizing, obviously. Drugs, uh, drugs, the smoking crack. And, uh, yep. I mean, uh, you know. And then fast forward to like some of the biggest artists of all time: Whitney Houston mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. overdose, Michael Jackson, a mess, right? Sure, Prince, Prince, Elvis Presley, right? You know, Jim Morrison, Kirk Cobain, all of these guys mm-hmm. that had so many of these thoughts, and but yet. If you follow their life it levels off mm. they don't they don't have the answers and that's why the word of god is so timeless mm. and the, the bible says that the message of the cross is foolishness mm. to mm. those who are perishing so but who are being saved is the power of god so um yeah i think that to me that was a big thing it was mm-hmm. just that connection that simple it had, it had to hit me hard and then like you asked like you know, now I'm a part of the church, a leader there. I've been a pastor there for over, I've been on staff there for over like 16 years. Hmm. I've been a pastor for over 12 years. I've served in a lot of different capacities. But again, uh, even coming into the ministry, I didn't even really knew, know what that was. Raul asked me on a prayer meeting one night, like, hey, you know, pray about coming on staff. I didn't even know the church had a staff. I mean, mm-hmm. I just came like many people, Sunday morning, Wednesday <laughs> yeah. night, go to prayer, go home.
2: I didn't see the knee. I, I didn't really understand what that meant. The interesting thing to me is, I don't know if you remember, I, I could still remember, uh, like I've known you a while, dude, yeah. when you were pretty yeah, pretty early. Fresh, yeah, yes. pretty pretty early. I, I think I was there right around the same time that you got there. I just didn't know you yet. And one of the early things that you got a chance to fill in for was Merit asked yes. you to teach. You remember that? Yes. And me and my brother Johnny were sitting in the back of the room. I think I've shared this with you. And I, th- I thought, honestly, some of my brother Johnny were like, dude, this guy's just, just came off of drugs like, <laughs> i thought you, i thought maybe you were like used not long ago or something cuz you know when somebody does meth for a while yeah. you see it you see it like lingers for a while and yeah. then and then it disappears yeah. at some point you mm-hmm. know and unfortunately unless people do it way later in yeah. life and continue to do it then it kind of lingers forever but but my brother john because we lost a lot of our friends to meth dude. Mm-hmm. like we were surrounded in drugs growing up and for whatever reason me and him just we didn't do it, but every, I mm-hmm. mean, everybody around us, even family and stuff, yeah. were just on drugs and we lost a lot of friends too. But I, I remember that time and what I, what, what's interesting, dude, that you're talking about, because you're talking about identity and, uh, the Bible verse that says, if you, if you seek to find it, you'll lose it or save it, you'll lose it. But yeah. if you give it up, then you'll actually find it, you know? And, and, and you talked about identity and christians like oh they don't have any identity but but there's something interesting that i find and that is some of the stuff that people have before they're saved Mm -hmm. i mean everything that we have the the lord knitted us in our in our mother's womb Mm -hmm. and so there's uniqueness that he put in there that's intended for the long run Mm -hmm. but it's it's that brokenness of full surrender right? When you come to the Lord, that's just like, it's all yours, whatever you, I remember letting go of music, letting go of every. I do. When I gave my life yeah. to the Lord, I was like, I'll never touch music again. I don't care. Like I'm dead. Like th- what really echoed for me and my salvation was the death, yeah. like all things pass away, all things become new. And and that's always lingered with me. That's important for people not to only know that they're coming to life with something new, but that they're putting to death hmm. who they were, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in losing everything, I was actually surprised to see that there were things that the Lord brought back, even to the point where I was like, oh no, like, I'm no way. That's not you. And the Lord's showing me like, "I, I gave you this way before you started abusing it for like other reasons or yourself or, and so I think that's important too, even for maybe mature Christians to understand that, you know you aren't intended just to copy a culture that you see created in the Christian environment. You're intended to be unique, you know, and, and, and sometimes people miss out on what they add to the body and their uniqueness Mm -hmm. that God gave them because they're too busy, you know, worrying that somebody's going to think of them wrong or, you know, and, and I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or.
1: Yeah, I think I, fortunately, I think I was around some people that were important to me. I think Rawls, obviously, one Mm. of them, Dale and and Scott Salamat, because they're all very gifted. They all have a lot of depth in the word and a lot of good practical ministry. But they're real people, too. Yeah. Mm. Like, Rawls, a jokester. Yeah. You know, he's not trying to have all the, the right answers, like, off his hip. Like, he can, but mm. sometimes you ask him a deep theological question. He's like, hey, let's go get tacos. Yeah. Mm. You know? And, and Dale, too. Like, and then Scott, like, there are those, those moments that... So what I learned from that is that you've got to be who God's called you to be. Mm-hmm. I would watch Scott go back to, like, where I would never thought I would be a Bible teacher. Mm. You know, I came on there to serve the Lord... I did maintenance for two years. I was a good worker. That's easy for me. Um, And just getting um, discipleship, getting taught the word, just Mm. gaining knowledge. My whole focus was just to be able to have answers so I can have conversations with people, friends and family, and kind of know what I'm talking about. And then it was just little opportunities. Hey, share what God did in your life. Okay. And then Scott put me on blast one time and put me to teach a uh, high school is one time. It was the most petrifying thing of my life.
0: I remember that. You I remember, know, I remember sitting on the when he, <laughs> you when out, started wow. teaching.
1: Oh man, it, it was hard. And high school is hard because yeah. they're young punk kids. That most of them don't want to be there. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. And so mm-hmm. internally you're wrestling with your own nervous. I didn't grow up like wanting to be in the front of the class, mm-hmm. you know, I was more the guy in the back of the class mm. making fun of the teacher and, you know, <laughs> yeah. inside jokes, but mm. not the speak in front of the class. Mm. And when I was a young, young kid, I was really shy. Mm. Um, and so, but what I did see, even in the moments where I thought that, no, dude, I can't do this. Mm. Like the first time I ever spoke, like I remember talking to Scott on the way home, like, dude, I'll never do that again. There's no way. He's like, he said some nice encouraging things and stuff, but I'm like, yeah, dude, I felt like I was going to pass. I've never passed out in my life, but I'm like every emotion I was feeling at that time, like mm. I was seeing spots, like mm. I was just going nuts inside. And, you know, when you first teach, you got like a whole bunch of notes and all this kind of stuff, and you realize, <laughs> how do you track this? And, oh, that's so hard. Yeah. So, and once you run out of your testimony, now what? So. Right, right. You mm. said the same story. Everybody <laughs> yeah. knows me yeah. already. So, but but what I did see is that God did start moving in my life, mm. and there were still opportunities. And God would put me in like some gnarly situations off the hip, being with raw. He th- throws you in the fire like a lot of times. You did that yeah. to me
2: out of high school. You were supposed to go teach. We showed up. Do you remember this? Was it in, in high L- L- Los Altos? mostly Asian kids? I don't know where we were. Oh, Walnut is right here, dude. I and, remember. And and we're sitting there, and and you're like. Dude, why don't you go out, dude? I'm like, yeah. I remember that one. Remember that? Yeah. Hmm. And I remember I remember you sitting in the back of class and just, I mean, you were you were there. You were ready to go if you wanted to. And you just threw me out there, dude. And but it was really neat because the first thing I noticed, I remember was seeing a room full of Asian kids, and I just thought, what what are you gonna say, dude? I and then connect. The first thing that popped in my mind is is the pressure that a lot of Asian families, and I'm mm. not trying to like, yeah, but sure. it's just true, you know to, to, to really excel Mm. like academically, you know? And all of a sudden, dude, I just felt the spirit just that these kids are like, it's just like this wheel that they're in and they just better. And I, I I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was about, it was about like living up to what people expect of you versus God, knowing like your heart, knowing who you are, that you are an individual, that you are, you are uniquely made every single, you know? And there was something the Lord just like, depressed that on my heart mm-hmm. it was really cool dude i remember seeing all their faces dude because I, I initially i was like oh my gosh like i i'm not, I'm not gonna know what to say to these kids yeah. but that that that's one of the moments that that really god spoke to me that he will always he will always work for who's in front of you like he specifically wants to anoint the vessel and even though with all of the things that we can learn, reading awesome books and putting something together, that there's something that God yeah. specifically has for the specific group of people. that, And that's how the Lord showed mm. me that he's the living God. It's not... Because if, if it was just, just the Bible, right? And track with me on this. Like, if it was all there, and it is all there in the Word, but if there wasn't the living God behind it, then it's just whoever knows it better and whoever has... Mm you know, invested more of their brilliant mind in putting things together in a yes. clever way, he, that would automatically mean instantaneously that's the most powerful person for the Lord. Mm. But you have a living God working through vessels that are surrendered and there is no measuring stick for how deep God can cut. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, like you could say the best thing that you like, dude, oh, that's that's solid. Here's something, you write it down. Yep. You're like, dude, I'm this is gonna be, I'm gonna build my study and this is a crescendo you get there and it doesn't quite hit the way you wanted it to maybe people just aren't in tune or whatever it is the worship wasn't was sour or whatever (laughs) and then there's other times when you just you tell somebody the most elementary thing like because because he died for you you know and just it hits and all of a sudden you're like what i've said that a billion times you know and i i the lord spoke to me in that in that trip that we did where you made me speak yeah because I, I su- I'm not easily intimidated being in front of an audience. I don't know. I've always been like that as a kid. But for some reason, I was intimidated in that moment. I was just like, dude, what? I've, I've never, I grew up in around, I had black friends, dude, Mexican friends, neighborhood, you know. Yeah. But I, I've never been around like Asian culture. I just mm-hmm. felt like I didn't know what to say, you know.
1: It's wow. amazing because I think the Lord, you know, he takes us out of our comfort zones mm-hmm. a lot of times. Same thing. And it's where we trust in the power of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and God does a work in your life. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's kind of kept me for so many years. It's not just, you know, reading, praying, all those things, but also, you know, fellowship, but also sharing your faith or just using the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your Mm -hmm. life. Um, Because it kind of like does something where it's like, you called me. Mm -hmm. no, you called me because I know who I am. I know my weaknesses. I know my insecurities. I know the inadequacies that I do have. Mm. And I think about Billy Graham where, where his friend, was it Templeton, the one that backslid? Both of them were uh, evangelists back at the time, but his friend drifted. Right. And there's a whole story. And he mm. walked away from God his whole mm. life. And then he actually came to Billy Graham and he questioned him. Why are you why, you're a smart guy? Like Why are you continually dedicated to the Bible and blah, blah, blah? And he's trying to prove him wrong uh, of his faith. And... Billy Graham made it real simple and he's like, All I know is that when I open up this word and I speak, God moves on people's lives and lives are changed. Hmm. It's as simple as that. And like I've seen it as well. Like I've just seen I remember the first funeral I ever did and I was so nervous to do it, but I remember walking onto the stage and it was just like Hmm. this boldness and clarity that the Hmm. Lord gave me through his word and just boom. There've been multiple times where I'm thrown in the mix, like in a lot five minutes, and like the Lord just gives me Mm. this whole Bible study, Mm -hmm. and just I can see the scriptures, I can just see the connection, like it's just simple going back and forth. It's not something that I've ever had to strive for, and so to me, it's been one of those things that's always kind of kept me in the edge, Mm -hmm. you know, ministry, why I do what I do, and and being under good leadership and stuff, and just being able to be open to the Holy Spirit, and being who God's called me to be. Mm. I could, and they, you know, teach, you guys have all taught behind Scott Salamat. You can't be Scott Salamat. Oh, I mean, nah. not only is he very in-depth, but he can crack jokes. Yeah. And sometimes people can crack jokes, and then get lost in the joke and never come back. That's true. Scott can t- crack a joke, and then come right back in, and hit it with a truth. Right. You know, or I, some people try too hard. And so I remember, like, trying to follow his, I, I'm not that guy. Yeah. And I always knew that mm. earlier, and so what I found over time is that when I'm just who God's called me to be, God honors that. Mm-hmm. I had my own niche. Mm-hmm. My, my ministry that God's called me to do blesses people in a different way. And uh, that's okay. And mm-hmm. to me, that's where a place where it's very comforting. A pastor, what Rolla said, like, don't try to be like the Greg Lourys. Don't try to be all of these other guys. Those guys did what they did, mm-hmm. but you're not those guys, and mm-hmm. God hasn't called you to be.
2: I had a big like struggle that. like that in my in my early like during the time that I first started teaching, because one of the things I was in my past, I was an actor. Like, I I won best supporting actor in a play production. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my first job was at a playhouse. Like, and how I, I was an actor. Like. And I, and I, my drama teacher, I was her favorite student. Mm-hmm. Like she, at a certain point in my life, I was throwing my life away. And she was like, she came to me crying, mm-hmm. dude. Like you, you, you're throwing away like a talent you have. This is pre not yeah. Christian. So that was the, like the gift of gab minus like the spirit being mixed and showing me what my calling was. But early in my walk with the Lord, I was so used to like watching people. Like, I naturally watch people, dude. Like, I, I can't even help myself. Like, I'll notice just the way people carry themselves or their body language. Like, I, it still benefits me to this day when I get on a job site, I see a foreman, and I could pick up what he's about, like, pretty quick, you know? Yeah. But early in my walk, I was so worried about what I was being perceived as because that was the self-consciousness that I had. Like, somebody's yeah. just going to see my... Dude, I've oftentimes in my life been perceived as having ulterior motives than what was really in my heart. And that's for some reason, it it was like a cloud over my head, you know? And that self-consciousness would cause me to be like, I was like, man, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Like everything that I do, I feel like is not truly 100% me. It's kind of like I'm I'm, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm being a little this way. And one of the things that God has taught me, Sean, dude, and it's blowing my mind is, took me to construction and then just smashed me bro it's like all Mm -hmm. of that all those that thinking and all all of a sudden uh, just like around people that are like way better than me at what they're doing and like you know you can't it's hard to pretend anything my brother johnny read a quote recently he's like everybody's tough until they're completely exhausted Mm -hmm. and like all these things in your mind like the fight or that pride or you see yourself but when you're like I don't know if you've ever been pushed to the point where you literally, like, you want to quit. Like, yeah. you just want to give up. And in that place, you start to find out who you really are, dude. Like, mm. that you're not all this the way you stand or the way you carry yourself or the way you slight your voice or any of that kind of stuff. There's no room for it whatsoever. Yeah. And it was just happening to me over and over and over again on a job site where just every day just smashed. You know, like, dude, I was I was checking my phone and I was doing something like 300 flights of stairs mm. on average, not stair, not steps, flights of stairs yeah. on average, just cause running up and down all day long. And then I couldn't even lose weight on uh, uh-huh. <laughs> the food. I would, think I would be all super in great shape, uh-huh. dude. And I was whatever reason, but what was happening to me, bro, is I was just being broken. And then, and, and I was out of the, the pulpit. Like I, I wasn't teaching nothing. And then when the Lord brought me back to teach my dad, like my dad would just literally ask me, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm backslidden. Like, and I can't get to church. His health is declining. Yeah. He can't go to church. So I started teaching and all of a sudden I felt like it was different. I was like, uh, that's in, it, it. Like I didn't have time to think about how I was doing it. All I could say was just like, what well, was there, you know, like, and I'm really tripping out on this new chapter, dude. And, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to what God has really, dude. Like, I don't know how long he wants me to be in construction, but yeah. it is, it is crazy. Like the, how I feel, I look back at myself and how I feel so different, you know, in certain ways, but there's something that comes to mind when, when you were talking, I've noticed. So I, I, there's the gifts that you had or the way that you were and God using you and people yeah. experience that they get saved and. They they transfer over and how God molds them. But there's also development that happens later. One of the mm-hmm. things that I noticed over the years that you really developed, I didn't notice it before, was this really keen like multitask capability. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mean multitask like you're focused. You usually you have to just be focused on one thing at a time, but yeah. I mean like how you're aware of like grabbing things that are going on and keeping track of it and bringing it in or, you know, conversations get derailed or you just really like, I don't want to say administration, maybe, Mm. I don't know what it is, but this, this ability to multitask, is that something that like developed in you or... Or just it came to surface when you started I, being need, needed to do it? Yeah,
1: I think um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you think about everything in life. You, as you're talking about, like, you're finding yourself, like, in construction and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like strengths and weaknesses and who I am. I, I think that when you reflect... I'm going through the book of Genesis right now. I'm almost done with it on Friday, on Friday nights. And I love the studies because you just see the development of these characters, mm-hmm. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, how, you know, they get these promises something's about to happen it doesn't years go by they make mistakes you know there's so many lessons and there's those practical things where god is shaping them and who he's called them to be but they don't see it at that moment Mm -hmm. um and then in my own personal life or look at david you know david you know he became a king but he's trained as a shepherd Hmm. to have that heartbeat of taking care of sheep because he was going to be leading a nation in the future when I look back at my early years of working in construction, things that I have have are invested in me by my dad hard work mm. and being on time in everything mm. you do. That discipline it has always been a part of my life. Um, in construction, when you're doing big jobs, you've done probably big jobs now. Huge jobs. And so when you started a big job, and it's just like it could be overwhelming about how much you got to do. Mm-hmm. But my boss would give me this task of how to break down. How where to start and how to finish a job. Mm. And it's just a mindset that's like it, it breaks things down mm. where you don't get overwhelmed with what's around. Mm. And you just, once you have a pattern, because the worst thing, like if you were spraying a ceiling even, spraying a huge ceiling and there's, you know, there's pipes going this way, there's crossbars going this way, you have all of the slats and if you don't hit it on the right angle. Mm. Well, if you just go like crazy, you're going to miss a lot. Mm. But if you start in one corner and you have a pattern and you're just... <laughs> And though you think you need to go all over the place, you keep on a pattern and you break things down, you will complete the project. Mm. And so, as I come in ministry, you know, the work ethic was there as far as maintenance, you know, seeing things and making sure that I do things right. But then, just what, and I, I wasn't really good in academics and everything mm. when, when I was younger, it, I really didn't apply myself. But then, God would just give me like the ability, even when like we were doing events or mm. doing bigger things, like seeing the big picture of stuff, administration, you're right. Like, I mean, that's why I do a lot of stuff myself and we both have that gift, being able to see like a full picture of like a project, mm. a conference, um, multiple things, just the, the flow. Um, when it comes to like doing shows like this with all the different guys and the personalities and everything, um, God just, and, and a lot of it's led by the spirit, right? Like, but also God just is granted me wisdom. Right. I think, so it's what God's life.
2: doing through it, and then but there's anointing of the vessel as well, though. Yeah. Like you have this ability.
1: Yeah, and I think maturity. You know, you grow a, a little bit. You kind of. I and you know, Ryan Reese is one of my closest friends. He's completely opposite <laughs> of me, right? He's he's like all over the place in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's another like not just Scott, but like Ryan. Like I never would try to be Ryan. Right. Mm. You know And he certainly can't be anybody
2: else. And he can't be nobody else. I
1: mean no. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of a kind or one of three if you count his brothers, but um, but that being said, like I always knew I could only be who God's called me to yeah. be. Hmm. Remember like in the beginning of like the whosoever conferences and stuff like that, I was always being put in a mix to help like facilitate hmm. a conversation between a few of the guys. Sure. Ryan was just learning how to speak and to teach yeah. and stuff. So I was always having to be a little bit of that more neutral, calm voice to be able to bring them in. It's like
2: judo, dude, like conversational (laughs) judo, like your ability to like take someone going. I've even seen you take, I mean, love the guy, dude, but remember when we had Vitor Yes. Yes. (laughs) and he was going off, bro. Like, right. He went off and, and nobody else, bro. Like (laughs) I'm not trying to toot your horn, but nobody else could have been able to like real dude, you had to shuffle you were freaking James <laughs> Brown up there, bro. Like, you had to shuffle so much. Try just to, to bring some
1: things back. Yeah, to yes. get
2: the audience to not just be like on some weird trip. You know hmm. what I mean?
1: I've always been, and this is for me where it comes to like
2: Raw and Dale. Mm-hmm.
1: Because in my mind, no matter what I'm doing, I'm aware of doctrine. I'm aware of like right. discerning of stuff. I'm aware of like those that are listening, like whether it's on like a radio show or whether it's in the audience. Sure. And are they being ministered to? You? you know, because this guy might mm-hmm. be going on a tangent that's not going anywhere, or he said something that might not be on point, or I know actually what their strengths are, right. so I could kind of kind of set them Direct up to do something that could be a blessing to yeah. the people. Yeah. So those are the things that kind of, and that's why I like, do, like doing the shows with Raw, yeah. because I know Raw very well. Right. Like, I know him well. I know how he thinks. I know mm-hmm. what maybe his, like, go-to things are, mm-hmm. and how... That's my my desire, like even doing shows with like with Rawl is like me trying to take a back seat from it and so people can just hear his voice. Right. And just kinda of, you know and just so highlight it in the I like right doing way. Those things. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Me too actually. I because well, 'cause I'll perceive I don't think everybody's aware of what's going on in a room like that. Like, mm-hmm. right? Other people are just—they're just watching the outcome of it. Yeah. But I enjoy watching that stuff. I saw the—I saw the you guys do one called Straight Talk, right? Straight so, Talk, yeah. And you recently, because Nick just came on board. Yep. I'm super excited about that, by yep. the way. Like,
0: um, shout out Nick Nick. Yeah, shout out <laughs> Nick. I hey, pray my, for
1: Nick because him and Scott did this contest today. Of uh, be, Nick said that he could eat four four by fours <sighs> in one sitting. Oh no. And he was he was planning on doing it and so they wanted to start off slow today. So Scott and Nick both got two four by fours and just killed them. And, s- and Nick was <laughs> having a hard time, <laughs> was he? <laughs> I mean, he 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 uh, ate it, but the rest of the day he's like, I ain't feeling so hot. Yeah,
2: he's coming off of he's coming off of sickness too, dude. Yeah. So he's you know.
1: And I love having Nick there. So no, it's been really he, he's, cool.
2: He's I don't know if you had any chance to talk to him, but he is something else. His mind works like in a oh, way he, that he's you a smart guy, he's artistic. But he, but he's yeah. also he he functions differently, dude. Like the way he perceives. Stuff. It's he yeah. can be odd in, in certain ways too, yeah. but I, I'm excited about him just being in the mix. But mm-hmm. I saw your guys' straight talk and I saw it was crazy, dude. Like, first of all, I was excited to see that I could tell that Rawls excited about what God's gonna do and, um, and just the new, new pages turning mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it was cool to just see like your role there. Like, you're you, you have things in your mind that you're leading, you're leading yeah. Nick. You know, and, and, and you're feeding things that, that Raw's got mm-hmm. down, dude. And Nick needs to know these things. And and, and as people watch, they're going to... And it's just super dope to watch it, dude. I, Nick
1: found out that he was going on live on that show like 30 minutes before. I, <laughs> he was so nervous. <laughs> he was so nervous. He did a good That's job. That's funny, though. dude. He did a good job.
0: That's pretty cool how you're kind of administering for, for Raw. And I, we, I see it, dude. Mm-hmm. I see how you're mm-hmm. just able to bring people in like that. I'm kind of curious, though, like what are some of those lessons, because you're close to Mm Raw, that you could say like, man, like if it wasn't for Raw or Dale or even other guys who are there, like some of those takeaways from over your last 15 years of ministry that like for sure you would pass on to somebody else who is going to be serving another person. Yeah. Like what are those big things?
1: Discipline and consistency is the key. Mm. right you think about a disciple a disciple is linked to that word discipline Mm. it's a learner growing always being there you know one of the biggest compliments i ever got was years ago um dale said something to my parents and they saw him in the hallway and just like hey and this is early and one thing that dale said my parents told me is like what i love about sean is that if i tell him to do something it's you know it's always done Mm. you know or if i need him he's always there Mm. And so those things were kind of instilled in my dad back in the day. Mm -hmm. Now I'm sober and I'm walking with the Lord. So consistency. You know, this is a thing that people fail in, I think, in ministry. Because once they go through a season where they don't feel like they're being used a lot, um, all of a sudden they feel like, well, I could just grow back in the shadows. No one's even going to recognize that I'm even gone. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that what God is doing is he's just, he's testing your heart in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. He's growing you. He's maturing you. And so you're there with the right motives always mm-hmm. not just when you get to be in the front not just when you're being able to be able to use in a particular area but it's the consistency that's important mm-hmm. and then eventually your number will be called basically you know there's going to be a need and then you feel that need, and like oh you're used by god then you mm-hmm. you get pulled this way you bring up like merit like Random, those are things that I learned. Like Scott calls you, Mayor mm-hmm. calls you, yep. you know, multiple people, and then before you know it, you start being used by God. So, but it all comes back to if I wasn't there, nobody would, would trust for me to be mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. As far as being with Raw personally, um, uh, always being flexible is the key. Mm-hmm. Being flexible. Blessed um, are the flexible. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Rawl, you guys know Rawl. Like, Rawl's an interesting man. Like, mm. the dude is 74 years old. So he really doesn't take times off. He really doesn't like vacations. <laughs> like, he likes to go full throttle pretty much always. Right. And so it's finding that balance in your own personal life as well, making sure that you're taking care of your responsibilities because he has his setup dialed in, what, what makes sense for him. Mm. But I have to kind of follow that lead of where the ministry is going, but at the same time, be able to meet the needs of my my children, my wife and everything. And if I do everything unto the Lord, I'll, I'll find balance with everything. And mm. That's what I strive to do. Um, but consistency, discipline, the importance of the word. The guy reads so much. Mm. Seriously, he reads a lot. He'll be like, oh, I was reading this this morning. It's like three or five devotions, you know? Mm. And you, could, I can tell that he's not just faking it because then when he would be speaking off something from the word you can just tell like this week he's in judges and by the next week you know he's in the next book you could tell that it's in his reading pattern of something that god's showing him mm-hmm. and you got to be a man of the word and you got to be a man of prayer mm-hmm. i mean those are the main things yeah you know not thinking that you have the answer to everything you don't hmm. humility is key i've said the one thing that raw used to always say Stay simple, stay humble, and know God's Word, and God will use you powerfully. Those, that's like my little cliche that mm. Rawl said to me a lot and said to a lot of guys over the years, but it stuck with me. Simple. We can make things more difficult than they have to be. We can be so analytical mm. and like break down everything from every angle and sleepless nights of being, trying to be something I'm not and whatever or trying to get, get lost in YouTube videos and all this kind of <laughs> oh, stuff, yeah. trying to make sense of stuff. Stay simple. Humble. Mm. Man, recognize you're just a sinner saved by God. Remember where you came from. Remember that you were broken. God is giving you the opportunity to be used by him. God doesn't need you, but he gives you the opportunity to be used by him. And then know the word because the word is just a, it's the barometer. Mm-hmm. It'll show you when you're starting to go to the left or to the right or when you need an encouragement. Yeah. So those are some of the you big You brought
0: things. something up. You said you're balancing family life. Okay. So right now my fiance is next door. So her okay. ears are going to be ringing right now because we're getting married in April. Nice. So I'm kind of curious. I've, lately I've been asking a few of the pastors who've been coming on, what are those main things that you give to like a young couple that you would say like, Hey, you guys are about to get married. These are some of the lessons. And by the way, we are going to meet with Rich Valencia too. Pretty oh, nice, soon. Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. um, this is my, this is my passion.
1: Uh-huh. I'm talking about family, I'm talking about mm-hmm. ministry I always grew up with a family that I love. My my parents are legit. still close to them to this day. Me and my two brothers, always tight. Especially me and my younger brother. We used to fight and choke each other out and everything. But we're close uh, to this day. Your boys follow suit, by the way. My boys are exactly the same. (laughs) Exactly the same. I got a punching bag in the the garage. My middle son, Jets, he's a little fighter.
2: He can throw punches. I saw that early in him, bro. Mm. He just had some sort of defiant, like, just like, you know.
1: Yes. So, um... When I got married, when I got married, uh, Nicole was already in ministry. She was she worked in the coffee house. She worked in radio. Where mm-hmm. you worked in radio for a little bit, um, and so she already kind of knew the heartbeat of that ministry. She was under Rose Ministry, so that helps a little bit. And then, but when we were engaged and we were getting closer, one thing that I stressed was the importance of communication and. Even to this day, when I sit down and I give like encouragement to a couple that's getting married, I tell them three things. We break down all the scriptures, Genesis, Ephesians, Corinthians, everything. But these are three things. Commitment. I'm in this for the long haul. Communication. Because if you don't communicate, the enemy comes into your relationship. And then unity, we have to be on the same page. Mm. And one thing that I talked to Nicole is like, I know God's, and she knew too. Like she knew the calling upon my life. And I would challenge, and at that moment, I wasn't a pastor when I got married. Like, I was being used, but I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't completely sure what was gonna happen. You know, as you guys have seen me and be used by, by mm-hmm. ministry, like, not all of those things were already coming to pass right. at that time. And so, but I knew that God had something for me, and I knew it was gonna take sacrifice, mm-hmm. and I knew that I had to, I wanted to fulfill it. Fulfill it. I mean, me and uh, Nicole, we actually broke up for about six months. one point before we got married because i felt like i didn't want to mess up that relationship i was a little nervous because in the world i always screwed up relationships god was using my life and i didn't want to either disqualify myself or i didn't want to be distracted from what god had for me Mm -hmm. so i was really sensitive to that and so when we broke up for a little bit and then god would speak to me and, you know, God moved in both of our lives and we got back together and we got married. And But one thing I told her is like, we have to communicate hmm. because when I teach and when I speak, like I don't trust in my own intellect, in my own wisdom, hmm. the books, more I, I really trust in God's spirit working in my life. And so I need to have the confidence that when I step on that stage, when I speaking to somebody like in a close room of marriage or whatever, I can speak with boldness and confidence because we're on the same page. It's true, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know? I, I don't want to fake the funk. I I, I don't want to be a phony. It's not that me me and Nicole haven't had challenges along mm-hmm. the way. We have, especially in our first year, different things that we learned and we, you know lessons along the way. Um, but what I would say, um, Sal, is one thing that somebody told me. I was being, I remember it was at the end of one of the Whosoever conferences. It was like a big one, like thousands of people there, right? And, I had, Cohen was born, he was young, and he was running around on the slides, and I'm there with Nicole, and he looked at me, and he was like, Sean, I love you, man. Mike Guido. Mm, yeah. Mike Guido, he looked at me, he's like, Sean, I love you, man. Like, God's so good, and you have a wonderful wife. And he looked at me and, like, hugged me. I'm not really a hugger, mm. you know, I'm really not. But, like, but Mike is a, a different different man. Like, it's like... His approach a, is different, it, too. Yeah. Man. yeah, and he just hugged me, and he was just like... Sean, God's going to use you in powerful ways, and he is using you. But remember this, that when you die, what your children and your wife say about you at your funeral is what matters. Mm. That hit me hard at that time because it was like I got the message. You didn't even have to explain it. You can minister to the whole world. You can speak in front of thousands of people. But if you ain't cool with your wife at home, your children aren't down for you, what, what good is it? Yep. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's a conscious effort, um, Sal, of like having that balance of fulfilling your... Because there's some people that kind of can go on the far side. Like they just spend time with their wife or their children and they don't fulfill what God's had for them in their life. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to be on communication with your wife. You have to be in unity where God's leading you. You got to be supportive of one another. You have to have commitment with one another. And then um when you honor the Lord and you put the God first, I truly believe. I don't like to put numbers like, you know, God, God, ministry, one, two, three, four, family. All, I, no, I, I think it when it comes down to is it, like seeking God first, as the Bible says, and seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. But being very sensitive to meeting the needs of your wife and your mm. children are important. Mm. That's why in the midst of everything that I do, like in ministry, people don't realize like I've coached and managed baseball teams for six years. Mm. Like I was talking to the little league guy today, like the season's going to begin again. Like, why do I do those things? You know, People are like, how do you have time? I'm like, it's valuable, you know, in the future. there's so many relationships I've developed there. Not just my kids, but other, other kids and families as well. Um, but I want my kids to know, like, I'm down for them. I'm invested mm-hmm. for them. And dad's going to be called to do some things. You know, like I get called to do a funeral or a wedding on a Saturday. You know, I'm gone all day on Sunday. You know, they come to me on one service in the morning, and then they'll come back in the evening. But I'm gone mm-hmm. all those days. I teach on, I taught Friday nights for 10 years. I haven't had a Friday night off consistently hmm. for over 10 years. Wow! And, but we're all part of the same crew. They come to me when I teach for the most part, hmm. unless somebody's sick or, or whatnot. Um, I very much valuable my time. I value my time with my family. Like seriously, I value, hmm. I'm kind of like a natural homebody already, hmm. even though I'm all you know, out and about a lot. lot. I like being home. Hmm. I love just like chilling with, with my wife. I love playing with the kids. Um, I love being a dad. Mm. and I love being a husband,
2: um, and so. Did you love that stuff immediately, or you grew and loved? To love I those never things?
1: thought that I'd be a good husband because I had so many jacked up relationships mm. back in the day. I think that I've become a better husband over the years. Mm. As far as a dad, I never thought I'd be a good dad because I was me and my brother was always the youngest of our family, mm. um, and my dad's side of the family was a big family. My dad comes from a family of ten. He was the second the youngest so all of my your dad's a trip right? yeah m- my dad's awesome <laughs> all of my um, cousins were like older like mm. they were like the same age as my parents do you know and so I was never around kids a lot mm. and I was never really like good with kids mm. but the first when I had Cohen my life changed like there was like this natural mm. like love that was there communication mm. all of my boys people that know me like my boys are very close to me and uh no, I love being a dad. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know that God's called me. They, they know it as well. I still do ministry. I've been more busy as I've had the three kids and my wife than ever in ministry. Um, but I find a way to be balanced. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't do. I don't do things that I don't need to do. Mm-hmm. You know? It could be a good thing. Like I right. don't teach Bible school on, on the nights any longer. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm unspiritual. It just means that... Yeah. It doesn't mean I, that you I, don't see what's important about no, that. I, I teach Friday nights. I'm gone Wednesday nights. Right. I'm gone Sunday nights. I don't need to add another, uh, another night. That's right. not what God's calling me. It's more valuable for me to be ministering to my family mm. during this time. Open up for baseball for the kids and stuff mm. like that.
0: Is it a balancing act when it comes to your sons? Because you're being the father, but then you also have to, in a sense, be a pastor to them? Because they're pastor's kids. Yeah. Is there like just difficulties with that? Yeah, like, I, um, you know, obviously the stigma
1: with pastor's kids, they, they have it rough, right? So, um, in some ways, you know, one thing I try to keep this balance with my kids is with the communication of stuff. Hmm. I've never wanted for my kids to feel like it's us against the world. Like, my kids always went to public school growing, um, as they grew up. They've always been good, played sports, so they've always been interactive with a lot of people, and that's what I dig, like... Um, and so I always try to make sure that I am pastoring to the people that God's called me to, but yes, have the heart of like a pastor too. But like when you're, I'm not giving 45 minute Bible studies to my kids, <laughs> <laughs> so, right. you know, right? I, ever since they were young, I'd be acting out stuff, you yeah. know, dang on the lion's den. Mm-hmm. This, till this day, I still put them to sleep with my wife and, and me, well, you know, we switch mm-hmm. off, but a lot of times I, I'm putting them to sleep. And um, I still value that time reading with them mm-hmm. and praying with them and singing with right. them and... Uh, and just kind of, uh, not, I, it's, I don't want to say it's not hard, but, mm. you know, it's never something I complain about. Mm. I really, really like being a dad.
2: Yeah, there's there's some stuff that y- y- you share out of wisdom, things you've learned. But then there's other things that I see that God, you're just doing naturally. God made you this way. You know, one of the things I've noticed with your kids is that you've never done as a pastor. And I've seen pastors do this a lot. Is to be overly concerned with the uh, appearance of being a pastor's kid, and mm. I think that's mm. credit to Pastor Raw and Dale yeah. for not creating an environment that that you know that catapults a pastor role as being some sort of like you know other spiritual yeah. thing. You know, Rawls always kind of made people feel like he's the same as them, and that's you know cultivated a, a proper perspective I think for you. But I've seen that weight on kids you know, when everybody wants to touch the pastor's hand and, mm. you know, the pastor's very, um, people take whatever he says is like, man, that is, and people naturally do that. You know, that people yeah. have done that to you, but you, you've never fallen into that. Like, you know, ch- trying to get them to appear a certain way because they're pastor's kids. Yeah, and I think no, that's a cancer like that. dude. I mm-hmm. mean, that is so terrible, yeah. but unfortunately the pressures of people is a real thing, you know, and, and I'm not just belittling those people that, are under that kind of pressure i could imagine some pastor 500 people maybe in his congregation and you know the people all call him pastor and his son he's he's i remember you know he's trying to get him to be something and it's an unrealistic pressure yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. stuff like that Oh man i was
1: teaching on sunday night and i remember this one time i was teaching and i could see out of my peripheral vision like some words that come underneath and I, i look up and it says "Were the parents of um Cohen McKeon, please come to the second grade classroom. Like, I, I am teaching. teaching. <laughs> you know? and so yeah, like, and then you know, you know, oh, he punched this kid, or he did right. this, you know,
2: footage of him like smacking his own brother <laughs> right in the he face. Was, Remember, like, he was he was do breaking that. down. He was breaking down. Like, uh, Cohen was uh, breaking down. Player, which by the way was super impressive. Like, he was breaking down like his perspective on like what was going on with, I don't know if it was baseball or football. And his little brother tried to get in the shot. Like, he's just (laughs) just being a kid, And Cohen's like mid-conversation. He's like, and he just looks and slaps (laughs) him right in his face. (laughs) And dad's just laughing, dude, behind the camera. It wasn't like...
1: You know. We know, one thing I've learned, too, is like, I don't want legalism in my home. Mm -hmm. I don't. You know, it could be destructive. You know, with a lot of things I use as teaching lessons. You know, and I won't put other people's convictions on my life and my my family mm.
3: um, i like
1: that when it comes to cohen my my oldest one all my boys are amazing you got jet the the wild but, but very smart very intelligent and he's like the most loving you got uriah he's young and he's still developing he's a little mixed between the two cohen's always been an athlete right he's he's always been a jock the guy mm-hmm. knows he's 11 years old and he knows like history of stuff i don't mm-hmm. know sometimes and i knew a lot like yeah Baseball, basketball, football. Like, he knows all these old players, and people are like, How does he know? This? He just loves sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, they know the Bible well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Cohen, like, two years ago, his team was legit, his all star team. They went, they traveled all over the place, and they did really well. He's continuing to develop, you know, and some opportunities have, ar- have arisen where it was on a Wednesday he had to go, or Sunday he had to go. Like, I'm not going to hinder him. From using his skill set, mm-hmm. you know my my kids already go to church like three or sometimes a week, you know, yep. so they miss a Sunday once in a while, but they're coming on Sunday right. night they're coming on Wednesday night, they come on Friday, like to me, I do those things very prayerfully, mm. like and even I've looked that the coaches know too, like you know I'm a pastor this now I'll pray about that I'll, I'll, let me see, you know, but I also I don't want to stunt him too, of mm. like where he's
0: being used like that that's his gift, yeah. To, yeah. to be an athlete. And I was walking so, down the hallway, and all of a sudden, this ball goes, boom. I was like, what the heck was that, Mr. Son? I was like, whoa. I was like, what's <laughs> up, brother?" got bro? an arm on him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. I just want to make... My prayer,
3: mm.
1: you know, like, sometimes I, I look at it this way, is I'm so thankful for all that God's done in my mm. life up to this point. And who knows? God might want to use me for many, many years. Mm. I have no idea. Um, you know, things I battle with, I battle with physical things, my migraine, my stomach, these are things are still like, they're hard sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to do all the things that that I do, to be honest. Um, but the Lord always gives me strength to do it. But I also, I'm very, because of the way I think too, is like, I really understand that what's taking place daily, it's building something for the future. Mm. And I'm talking about like legacy of stuff for my children. And so I want my children to have a relationship with the Lord. I want them to not just play church. Like, I don't want them to just go through the motion. I don't want them, like, church and everything to be like this, routine in such a way. Like, I, 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 because I wasn't like that. Like, I read because I wanted to read. I prayed because I needed to pray. I wanted to. And so encouraging them and developing in that relationship with God is important to me. But also, I just want them to be who God's called them to be. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not what I want. Right. Like, if they want to be called to be... Mi, um, missionary someday awesome right. they want to be pastor someday awesome uh, they, they want to be um work at a bank cool you know cohen wants to be baseball player that's what his dreams are right now awesome hmm. you know and like jet jet's my funny one he's like he has this raspy voice yep, it, since it, ever since he was, since he was, living, was like five yeah. six years old he's like what do you want to be when you grow up i want to be a uh, a pastor and a UFC fighter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that combo is what he yeah. wants. Yeah. Do pictures of Conor McGregor and like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's but, but I mean that a mm. lot, you know, because sometimes people want their kids to fall into a mold that they want them to be. That can happen in ministry. Sometimes they people do that in sports too, right? Yeah. Like I was a baseball player, so you're going to be a baseball mm, player. You're going to grind and football. No, like, if they want to, like, give them the, set, the, the the tools to be able to develop, you know, mm. put the resources mm. into them. Um, but you'll, you'll see. And if yep. it's something that's legit, like, encourage them in that way.
2: Yeah, that brings mm. to mind something that I learned from my dad. You know, one day he was showing me in the toolbox and he was like, you know, when you need a screwdriver, there's nothing like a screwdriver when you need it. Mm. It is the greatest tool for what it is. But, you know, when you need a wrench, the screwdriver is worthless. Mm-hmm. Or when, you know, and and, and it was the way, because you got to keep in mind, this is a dad with his little kid, right? Yeah. And he's like, remember when you're looking at a screwdriver work and you think it's so amazing. Remember that it's only amazing for what it's supposed to be used for. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find out what you're made to be what we oh, you're made to be used for. Really and cool, and, yeah. and I never, it never left me. And, and it's funny how such a simple, I mean, I think that illustration we may have even used in teaching somewhere along the way, but when you really apply it to the uniqueness of your calling and, and in this particular conversation, recognizing the uniqueness of your own kids, you know, if you're a certain kind of tool it is it is 100% clear why it is so important. All the things that you do, but you, 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 you when you're looking at what kind of a screwdriver your kid is in comparison to yourself being a screwdriver, you're like, man, he's just not, you know, and may not even be aware that he's a wrench or something, you know, and, mm-hmm. and dads and dads in particular, I think, cause they tend to put the weight on their boys with like, you gotta, you know, and you gotta be this, you gotta be that. But I think that's so good, dude. And I think that might be good for somebody that might be listening to that, you know, yeah, keeping that mm-hmm. stuff in mind. You, you
1: know? know, one thing that happened like two years ago, like Cohen's just, uh, you know, Sports are different for everyone, right? Some kids like to play soccer because you're running around a lot when you're younger, right? Play football, yeah, you soccer. know. When, uh, yeah, I'm not in I'm, I'm soccer, but uh, <laughs> Try to throw soccer. But a ball lot of kids quick. play yeah. soccer, right? Yeah, because sure. soccer is yeah. easy for kids to <laughs> right, play right. in the beginning. For you, just get them and <laughs> yeah. run around. You know, baseball can be a little bit slow if you don't know the whole concept. Cohen it never was a problem, like he, because he understood the game so much when he was younger. For Jed, on the other hand, when he came and played, like. Yeah, he could like to hit, but when everything else is like, he'd be falling down. He'd be like... Spaced it, out. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> all the time. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't have him play again. Oh my Lord, I'm going to lose my salvation out of here. <laughs> and then, you know, it came to a play. And we're like, no, he's not going to play this next year. Jet, mm-hmm. You don't have to play. Mm-hmm. Just because Colin plays doesn't mean you have to play, just mm-hmm. so you know. And so he didn't play. And then one thing I always saw about him he always had dexterity to him in his mm. body I was talking about punching back yeah. he can throw punches where mm. they're just loose mm. right Cohen's a little bit more stiff yeah, yeah. you know yeah yeah uh, but jet just moves a little bit right, smoother. Right, right. and so I put him in um, the UFC gym where you can kind of multitask you know learn a little bit of jiu-jitsu wrestling, mm. striking, all those kind of things and I took and jet. When you're, like, getting him to stretch, like, in baseball, he no focus, right? We take him to the place of wrestling, you know, with kids bigger than him, some smaller than him, some the same size as him, and they're stretching, and he's just like, one, two, three. The focus is there. I'm watching him. Never wrestled in his life, Hmm. like, with with these other kids, and he was smashing. Hmm. And he was... He's got a lot of... Practice it, with but his it was big just, brother. It was, it was just like um,
2: natural to him.
1: It, he wasn't getting frustrated. Mm, he oh. was almost taking him down. Way and different he, and than he's just, when he's, he's just on the finding field. Finding a way to like mm. maneuver and get out of it and press mm. back and wow. overcoming adversity mm. and like falling down and getting up real quick and taking yeah. him. Yeah. what mm. is going on? And so to me, it was just like, yeah, mm. like yeah. everybody's different, you, and you you got to be open uh, for your children. Mm. Um, and encourage them in what they're good at. Um, Obviously, give them a foundation of the Lord, you know, and that's the main thing I I tell them because that's what's necessary. Hmm. But, man, it's going to be exciting getting married. (laughs) It's it's an awesome thing. There's a lot of growth, you know. I I look at, I don't think I'd be the pastor that I am without being married Hmm. and without children. You know, you look at the Old Testament, you know, the priesthood and you know that Sad- Sadducees Pharisees they had to be married, mm. and judges had to be married. They they had to have children. Why? Because you're able to govern over things. You're able to have a little bit more wisdom and judgment, and you also have a little bit grace on people too. Yeah. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned um, as being a parent.
2: I'm kind of curious. This is a personal, curious kind of question. Yeah. You, you a while ago you started a Bible study in the backyard. I even went to it yeah. pretty regularly. Um, and there was, you, you've you always been a person who, who's got his head on his shoulder as far as like what you perceive is going to come. You you take everything like, let's see what the Lord has to do. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, this. there wasn't a lot of declaration yes. of what it's going to be. But there was prayer like behind it. Right. And And I'm kind of curious as to some of the lessons you learned in that process. Some of the things maybe you said to yourself, you know what? I will never forget. Mm-hmm. And and it should this opportunity, or should God call me to, uh, this is something I want to remember that I learned here.
1: I think, you know, you're always wanting to be open for what God has for you, right? And you want to be faithful to the call that God's placed upon your life. And so all of you guys have gotten it. you got all got the exhortations of like, you know, step up by faith, you mm-hmm. know, be used by God and all of those things. And for me, even like, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I did a little Bible study to you in Upland one time. And this was early when I got married. It was at this coffee shop. There was I, I don't mm. even know how I got connected with it. Somebody reached out to me and they wanted me to do a Bible study. So mm. I was doing a Bible study at a coffee house in Upland, like mm. right by San Antonio Hospital over there. And I would do it every, fr- I want to say Friday night. And I was going to do the Gospel of John and people would come out. It was cool, but it was for a season. and then it stopped. Those ones that when I was in Eastvale doing that study for a little bit, um, I was just being open, you know. I felt like I, I wanted to just be do a study. I loved the community, loved the people there, and was just going to see what God mm. had for me. Mm. I, I wasn't teaching Bible college at the time, you know. Rawl actually gave me some encouragement of doing that at that time as mm. well, and so I just kind of started doing it, not mm. really knowing what it would be. I did it for a season, for mm. a few months, and the reason why I stopped is because. Lord kind of solidified and confirmed things of where God's where I, my focus needed to be mm. and it had to be at Golden Springs I, I had a lot of um, things that I needed to do there's a lot of uh, pa- pastoral really um, has used me in a lot of ways and God used him to pull me into it's mm. just as far as like helping with multiple things and I don't want to be able to I don't want to lose my focus of what God's called mm. me to and it goes back to like, I will be open if the Lord calls me out sure. to go to another area, no doubt. Um, but I, I just couldn't deny that it's where the Lord had me. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, I'll go. They don't, I yeah. will go if the Lord tells me. But it was something where the Lord just kind of
2: honed me and, and kept me there. Do you feel like you're a little different after before, or more is just a learning experience and just kind of solidifying? I, something? I
1: wouldn't say so much difference because mm. I, I didn't have it in my mind to build up something sure. more than what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Test no so water. I didn't go through a, a I, you know, just be honest. I didn't go through really through emotions of disappointment or discouragement from cool. it. I just felt that it was more of just like, hey, I did it, it was right. cool. You did some studies. People were stoked on it for a little bit. And now let me go focus on Friday nights. Uh, you know, hmm. now let me go focus on this next thing that I was going to be doing.
2: There's well. kind of a a, um, a thread that connects to what you were just teaching me before. When I think about that study and then I think about the two studies that I've done um, where I was at like a person's house and we're doing it in a backyard and people are coming or whatever. Um, and, and that is that... Um, in the areas where I was trying to do something for God, Mm -hmm. which I think is an honorable thing versus just being in tune with God and being obedient to what he's telling you to do. Neither one of those is sin against the Lord, Mm -hmm. but there is a difference there of what God was teaching me. And I, I told the Lord when I left, I was at Hollywood for a while. And then when I left Hollywood Um, and then I was doing a Bible study in Nick's backyard for a little while. And then, um, one of the things God started speaking to me about was, and this is a side, side thought real quick in parentheses is just not putting, not putting your calling on other people's responsibility, right? Like they're, they're carrying a weight because of your calling. And that was something the Lord was speaking to me about, but that's a separate subject. And then. I, I, I let it go though. It was close, door was closing. And now all of a sudden COVID was hitting really big and we were in the spot where it was like, what does ministry look like? And the door open, he was wanted to do a podcast and he just asked me to come on. And I, I had a conversation with the Lord. And one of the things I just told him, I said, Lord, you know, all, all I want to do is just, I don't care audience wise. i don't care size. I just want to use the gift that you gave me, you know, and just in any capacity that you see fit, and and I really meant it, you know, like, I just want to use what you gave me. Mm. And when my dad, it was funny, it was like a week after that conversation, my dad, when he was like, uh, you know, so casually we were sitting down and I'm like, how are you doing? How are you doing with your walk? He was like, he was giving me the, the basic, I'm doing all right, you know, me and the Lord, you know, kind of thing. And then all of a sudden we're watching and he lowers the volume all the way. And I'm like, I know he's going to say something right now, but I'm not like, you know, I'm just... He's like, son, I'm, I feel like I'm further from the Lord than I've been since I got saved. And I was just like, first of all, it was crazy for him to say that because he's always just like consistent, like the same dude, like yeah, yeah. you know? And then he was just like... Uh, I'm like, well, you know, I, I kind of went into autopilot. I'm like, dude, you know, there's stuff you could... I know you can't go to church right now because physically, I'm like, but dude, Johnny and Jess, you got a smart TV. Like, why don't you just let them pull something up? I was I was going to... some. I'm like, are you reading your word? Yeah. All the things that I knew I should say. And he kind of like, well, you know when someone's looking at you, but they're not really hearing what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. He's just looking at me and he's like, you know what I wish? I wish... Uh, you remember back in the day before you were doing your Hollywood thing and your you know other ministry stuff he's like remember when you used to just practice with your friends here at the house you know and i like, Yeah, i remember that you know and the first first time i ever taught it was like my dad was sitting there and we were just with a couple friends trying to yeah. like see if we could do it he's like i wish i wish that things were simpler like you still have time to do stuff like that and in my mind i was like he thinks like i don't have time like is that what i portrayed to him that i'm like some busy guy i'm not busy i'm a construction work i'm nobody right now it's covid like i'm nothing you know and i just did it as like uh, to meet my dad's need but dude my my brother's wife was raised in uh sabbath keeping ministry which mm-hmm. is a crazy deep subject it's super tricky when you start trying to break it down because they always go to the old testament they always go to jesus being a jew and still keeping the commandments and but anyways, nonetheless, just teaching my dad, she started coming and my brother was sitting in and the Lord delivered her from the, the perspective of that doctrine, mm. right? Because it's one thing when you're just choosing to like jump ship and start following another church, but she was always carrying like that, like that perspective when she would hear the word being taught, she'd be like, oh, that's talking about that, you know, like, mm. and the Lord delivered her from that indoctrinated perspective during this time to where she first, the first time in her entire life, she was actually just hearing from her own perspective, right? Instead of hearing from a forced perspective on what people have told you, this is what it says, this is what God's really saying right here, whatever. And, and one of the things that the Lord's been teaching me is the difference between our efforts for him versus our obedience to him. And, and when Christians are just lining themselves up with like, they they put their motives they put their dreams and all that stuff just down at the feet of the lord just like look you know what lord Mm -hmm. this is not my life yeah you know and that's an interesting thing i already knew said it taught it a bunch of times but to say to god in my mature christianity this is not my life and my dream and my like this is your life and Mm -hmm. i need to remember that this is your life whatever you want to do with me you know it's it's all good That those kind of ministries, small, big, doesn't matter. They feel more at home. They feel like, not feelings, but you you flow with them the way that you were made. God Mm -hmm. opened this door, and I could sense that it also is some things he's teaching me now for other things that he has, but my eyes aren't even on those things as much. It's just wanting to be obedient to God. Mm -hmm. God cares about the
1: person, us. The, the man or the woman that is being used by God, He takes care of the work. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times we get ourselves so focused upon the work. He, re, what we, God really desires is obedience to, mm-hmm. to His His voice mm-hmm. and everything, and He takes care of the results. That good and that, having that mindset kind of carries you on with everything. Do a Bible study. You know, a lot of people are there, and tons of people come to the Lord. Awesome. But one thing I've learned is that you also have to move on from that, mm-hmm. because if you only look measure success by response. You're going to be discouraged in the future. I've always done studies where you feel like you get the uh, amazing study and, like, no response. Mm. Doesn't mean that it's a bad study. God ministered how He wanted to minister. It's not about you. Mm. What do you want? You move on and let God take care of what He's going to take care of. I like that. And, like, you guys have learned this too, like, as far as teaching in front of, you know, I've taught in front of five people. Sure. You know, being in home settings like that, I've taught in front of thousands of people at different times. and... And I've learned that from Raul. I've seen Raul teach in front of tens of thousands of people and teach in a room of five people. Mm. And the same passion, the same love, um, the connection, um, it's always about being obedient Mm. to what God's opened up to you. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's in a Bible study in the home or it's in a big church or it's in,
0: I don't know, somewhere in the community. Mm. A backyard. You know what? Everything you guys are talking about. So his Bible study that he started, I felt at the time called to go, like, just be helpful. Yes. I'll bring food. And he just taught, dude. And I was fine with that. But I felt like the Lord, like, just press, pressing me to go be there for anything that if he needed something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that just my time being there was like just stirring that fire up in me, like where I was like, dude, okay, like this is awesome. And I was even thinking like, okay, like this guy might be like starting a church right here, you know, who knows? And I was working at Golden Springs at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he got called to go be a pastor at Calvary Chapel, Hollywood. So I was like, okay, cool. Like that's God closing the door. And I was just like, okay, well, this is definitely God showing me like, I need to be here. And then raw sitting in those rooms, like you said, with like a small group of people, and hearing Raul teach, it was just, again, stirring that passion in me where I was like, dude. And I just kept getting from the Lord, like, you need to teach your family. You need to teach your family. And so we started on a Friday night in my backyard here, which is really cool. And a lot of the things that I learned just watching Mike we implemented here it was so much so that it even looked like it in the backyard, the same backyard that he was teaching. <laughs> if you saw a photo, they look know? like identical, <laughs> like identical yeah. places. And, and it was cool. And you know, what? we, we, we did that for a few years and then I felt the Lord telling me like, teach him on Sundays. So then we started in on Sundays and then we were, had even a, a youth center in Glendora, which was really cool. And I was getting excited. The first, like, couple meetings we had there was a lot of people that are and i was like dude okay god like you're you're moving a big part of that too j- just just to uh-huh.
2: interject on that is when when he would seek me for advice i would tell him you know what dude especially because he was working at the time i think still and the, during the transition seems to still working at the church i said dude why don't you go talk to dale about it just just no yeah. and yeah. dude he dale was just 100 percent like supportive like they were just like I think you should do it. I think you, like fully supportive. And yeah. I remember in our early, our early conversations now, I, I want to make sure I portray this in the proper lighting. It's not like make sure that you're not going to get yourself in trouble with Dale. It's like test to make sure that, that the Lord's opening doors that don't have opposition from, mm. from solid people around you. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and having people in your life that you can sort of use them as a temperature gauge you know,
0: and to see the doors that were opening up, I'm like, dude, I think, I think this is something that you should do. Dude. And yeah. Then- it, no, that, and that was definitely something I had in mind was God, I don't want to, uh, bring any division and, and I love Raw and mm-hmm. Dale and, and I was at, kind of surprised, honestly, that they were like, go for it. Yeah. I was kind of like, man, like I'm, I'm kind of young, you know, I I'm not, I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, their encouragement. I was like, okay. I remember Raw called me on my work phone at the church. It was like one of the only times he ever called my work (laughs) phone. And (laughs) I was so so glad I was at my desk too. I was like, oh snap. And so I picked it up and he's like, Hey, uh, I hear you're leaving. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I want to teach my family on, you know, a a Bible study and I'm going to go work, like do air conditioning to help that. And he was like, that's awesome. You know, when, when you have that in you, there's nothing else that you can do. Yeah. And he prayed with me. And that was super encouraging for me where yeah. I was just like, okay, like they love me. And that yeah. was encouraging. And then to have all that build up, right? Like I'm following the story. And then we're there at the youth center in Glendora. And then March came, 2020. Oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden COVID hit. And they're like, hey, you guys can't meet here anymore. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, well, for a while, actually we weren't, we was just online. And then to see like, okay, like we're just meeting online. I'll just do Bible studies o- over the internet. And then to go through that and then to have the encouragement of then, okay, like let's meet in the backyard. COVID definitely, like <laughs> I, like God has used it to bring me back to like, okay, like let's build, you know, start a foundation. Mm. Um, and, I, and I love that God is doing that in my life right now. And I see that that there's progression in it, but I am kind of curious Kind of a segue (laughs) as we're uh, getting into like the idea of COVID. And and if you got
2: to take anything, do you feel free to do do Yeah, no worries. Keep going. Listen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. How COVID has affected the world, how it's affected the church. I know I've seen a lot of, I've been reading some of your posts and some of your videos, and I'm kind of like hindsight now, it's been almost a year since this all took place. Like, what are some lessons or some takeaways that like you really want to like help push us forward? You know, you know, to get into that right now, one thing
1: I'd say, too, on ending on that portion of our own personal call ministry is, I think about Chuck Smith, 17 years of struggle. Mm-hmm. People forget he had 17 years of struggle going from this place to that place to this place to that place to a little small church that probably wasn't going to work out in, in Santa Ana or, like, where Costa Mesa would eventually be, is that, wow, you know, you recognize, like, God allows you to go through these journeys and everything to find what he has for you. And now you fast forward to like COVID, like, you, nobody was prepared for it completely. You know, there were some things that we were in the ministry that we were prepared for, but we didn't realize it. Obviously, this is one of them. Um, being able to have an online presence and a little bit stronger a couple mm-hmm. of years prior, or the Somebody Loves You app helped us out in our communication with our audience. Um, but when that hit, and there were rumors that things were going to... Um, happened quickly. I remember that Wednesday prior, and then it was some churches were closing already on that Wednesday. By that Sunday, Steve Cameron got married that weekend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was like the last mm-hmm. wedding that could possibly happen. <laughs> yeah. and barely made it. We talked it, about that yes, on the podcast. It, if he wanted to marry Jessica, there would never be another girl that would... <laughs> <laughs> so God allowed that. He blinded her. Yes, he blinded <laughs> her. And then Sunday, um, I remember it was just a different vine. I think there were some other churches you had heard had closed. You know, it was us. It was Jack Hibbs, a couple that were still open. And then I think it was like the next Monday or Tuesday, we started getting a little bit more intel, and then boom. And uh, President Trump was speaking in that day, and prior to that it was like 100 people, it was 50 people, it was 10 people to be around. Like It was like, wow, this thing's getting pretty gnarly. And it was out of um, an uncertainty for so many people, you know, and you guys have both been around our ministry, you know, like we're full throttle, right? Mm -hmm. And to be there with Rawl and Dale, and it was like, you know, we're going to have to close the doors for now was crazy, Mm. you know? And we did a video. I did a sat down with Rawl and Dale and did a little like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to move all of our studies online. And one thing we had a vision to do is make sure that we weren't just doing Wednesday and Sunday. We're going to open up the other studies too so we can minister Mm -hmm. to people and be able to have that communication. Um, and so, one of the things that I value, because for me, by God's grace, you know, other people got sick along the way. By God's grace, I never got sick throughout the whole time. Hmm. I was always able to be there. Um, and it turned me into a very much of a, a focus at that time. It was weird mm-hmm. doing ministry mm-hmm. because. We had to let go of a few people for a little while Mm -hmm. and then we went down with a very um, low staffing. Like a few of us would come in, we would record and then when we were done we would leave and it was just a very interesting time. Mm. I mean, I was enjoying the time being home with the kids sometimes but but I was always on the go. I always felt like I was on the edge and I kind of liked it actually.
2: Yeah, there's was an excitement. A yeah, there's a little bit of excitement. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. and
1: it felt like people were listening, growing and, um, and then just the, the, the need for being open and flexible was important. Mm-hmm. All the things that we have been taught, being flexible is mm-hmm. key because as everything shut, okay, now got to a place where we have to start opening. Got to start opening. You know, Mm. being in California, everything has been locked down for so much, but we had to pray where God was leading us, Mm. and and we all had to really pray. And so we eventually did the drive-in style. We did that for like two weeks, and then we were outside, and then we eventually went inside, and we've been inside throughout this whole time. Mm. And so the greatest lesson I've learned is to be flexible to really trust in god 's provision, mm. because even in a big ministry like that, you have no idea what 's going to take place, mm. and God provided in supernatural ways, um, I think a lot of people drew closer to the Lord, some obviously drifted away from God you know during that time, and I think that we 're obviously on a hangover of everything that took place in twenty twenty right like wow. uh, a mm. lot of fear has been in our culture, mm. you know. I think big thing is realizing that kids haven't been in school. There's kids that have lost those high school years last year, hmm. prom, uh, the football yeah. player. Oh, I guess football was already played because it happened in March. But but now they're they're dealing with it this sure, year. Sure, sure. Um, and so that graduating class, the like gradu- I mean, yeah. all those memories, you know. And so my heart goes out to them. And then for us, you know, with my kids, my kids have done great. Actually, <laughs> we had actually transitioned them to go to homeschool the year prior they go to like (laughs) Mm -hmm. a hybrid did you feel like that was the lord it was awesome because they've never kind of skipped a beat Mm -hmm. they've always still been able to go in person that one day a week and then do their classes throughout the week and they still had their sports i mean obviously a lot of their sports got canceled but Mm -hmm. found a way to keep them active um but what i have learned during this time was just to be praying more Mm -hmm. i have such a heart for this nation i really do United States of America, that's why I do stay up to speed with what's taking place. Mm. You know, we saw it's so sad when things get spun politically Mm. on every platform Mm. and you're trying to discern what is true and what is error, what is opinion and what is legitimate, right? Mm. And we we went through a phase. If everybody looked back in the beginning of the COVID thing, there was a few weeks of unity. Mm-hmm. You know, even yeah. those that didn't like like Trump, like he did a great job. He was speaking every day. He had the Fa- Fauci and all these uh, these people that were going up and were speaking through things. So it seemed like, right? As a nation, we were kind of like everybody was tuning and in. We were this all going through this together as yeah. a world.
2: Yeah. it was crazy. Yeah.
1: And, and then eventually, month or so into month two into it, things start getting spun a little bit. We got to start opening up, but they disagree. We got to keep shutting down. Yeah, and then. It's just this whole turmoil that we've been and then obviously all those riots and everything that took place from May June uh, with the George Floyd thing all the way through the summertime hmm. caused our nation to be so divided. Hmm. And then being with so much media, there's so much media out there, you have to be really discerning. And the the problem that we're facing today in our world and this is what I speak about a lot is like not being able to hear other people's voices. Right. You know? Um that's what's very dangerous. The stuff that happened the last couple of weeks with the censorship uh, of the president is right. I mean, dangerous. It really is, um, because you're gonna if you silence every voice you don't agree with, you don't have a democracy. Hmm. You don't have the freedom. You know, you, you should be able to have people in your life that you disagree with. Yep. To me, I'm re- really big on that. Me too. I've challenged Huge myself on that. On that. Like, hmm. there's. And I recognize how sensitive, because I've always been somebody that's always gotten along with a lot of people. Sure, like mm-hmm. ever since I was younger, through high school, whatever, my, my friends are diverse, backgrounds, ethnicities, you know, social class, everything. Yeah. And no problem, but you don't realize how sensitive things are until you say something or you post something or respond to somebody and they're like, Shh. Yeah. And this one time, one of my friends posted something. This girl that I grew up with, and said something boom dude she got all snarky on me like hardcore you know and i was like are you talking to me and like we went back and forth and then i was able to diffuse it a little bit um but she was just hypersensitive on the other side of an issue and then we talked it through And then we ended up getting on the phone a couple days after that and just kind of Mm -hmm. i'm like look we got into politics all that kind of stuff look i'm on a different side than you you know but you got to hear my voice. When you start lumping everybody into one thing, you're yeah. doing yourself mm-hmm. a disservice, you're doing people a disservice. Do you mm, know what I'm saying? Yep. And we've fallen into that. I think the media really has blurred the line so bad. Like, if you think this way, you're horrible. And if you don't think this way, you're... It, it's so divisive. Mm. And then you also got to be sensitive to other people. Like... It just is what it is. Like people view things from a different lens. You could be. It's not about like winning the argument. You're gonna change their mind. It's not about that. You can keep your mindset. You can keep your philosophy. You can, you can think of the way that you do in politics. But guess what? I'm gonna think my way too. Right. And we have to be able to value one another. I shouldn't Mm. be able to be able to shut you up because I don't like what you say. Mm. And you shouldn't be able to do that to me as well. Right. And that's the big thing that we're facing as a nation right now.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I just want, like, I mean, I don't know who who would be listening at this time, but I just want to encourage any, anybody to challenge yourself to, to, not instead of avoiding people that dis that you don't think like, and surrounding yourself with people that you do think like, at least be willing to understand that. The best way that you can even defend what you believe is to at least understand where somebody else comes from. Mm. You know, even when it comes to you standing by what you believe, it's always been, you know, how many times I, I, it's like my dad talks about how these little kids that play video games are experts on military tactics. You know, Mm -hmm. like they play these video games, they know the names of guns, they know names, all this stuff and tactics and all that. He's like, but you've never been in a war, you know? And the same thing with politics or the same thing with a lot of you People watch YouTube videos of their favorite, whoever making, making everything sound so foolish, but it isn't until you're sitting across or you're in a room full of people that disagree with you, you're sitting across from somebody who, who is kind of doing their homework on something that's different than what you believe yeah. that you start realizing how difficult it actually is to just play the part that you've been surrounding yourself by people that agree with you. Mm. And and one thing I've always liked, dude, and I, and I get this with you, dude, when we talk, or is people that are like Christians that are really readers mm-hmm. that read their word, it forces them to be thinkers, mm-hmm. critical thinkers, because you're you're constantly coming to to perspectives that that are show, you know in the Old Testament you see stories, dude, where it's like people are commanded to go and wipe out a whole people and all that stuff, and so you're not you're not just you know elevating christ as this sort of like love the world like wrong person you're seeing you're seeing this diversity you're seeing characters that disagree with each other paul and barnabas and you're seeing the issue with mark you're seeing all of these different things and it's it's forcing you to to see things from a different lens Mm. and and i those things have been beneficial to me my time spent in the lord and and conversations i remember even sitting down one of the early not disputes but we were with minor and He was, uh, uh, me and him are real tight, dude. I know you're super tired of minor. I love minor. And we were talking one day and he was like, yeah, I was, I was somewhere and I saw this kid and he had a big old knife on the outside of him. And I was like, dude, the cops aren't even doing nothing. And I'm like, well, that's, that's actually legal, bro. Because it's not concealed. You know, that's, that's a legality. It's just that our culture teaches us. And he was like shocked, like, bro, we're Christians, bro. We're not about that. We're not about, I'm Hmm. like, no, I'm just saying. And, but we had a dope conversation and it was, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't know that, dude." And was, yeah. and, and and there was tact to it, you know, and whatever. And we're super tight friends, but you're losing that in today's society, the cancel culture, the like censorship, Horrible. like you said, yeah. like you know, people say something that the world doesn't agree with, and just shut them down. There's a lot of people getting their posts taken down, YouTube yep. videos, like yep. inability stuff, like. Dude, there's a guy who I don't even agree with politically. I know him personally. His name's Ruslan. He's a rapper. We're su- super good friends, Christian. Mm-hmm. But he he tends to be a little bit more liberal. He's yeah. open about that. He talks about yeah. that. But they shut him down, dude, just because he had one a guest that he was debating with hmm. um, who was sort of more a of a conservative, conservative guy. Friend. And they shut him down. And he was like, dude, I, I'm one of those people that's calling... Most Christians crazy for saying, "Oh, they're shutting us down." And he's like, "No, you guys are just putting yourself in those shoes." But he got shut down. Mm. And in fact, that just happened today. He posted about mm. it, and I was like, "Dude, this is this is like an agenda, dude." Like, right. and it's kind of scary. But I, what I what I want instead of us catapulting into just this, while <laughs> we're all on one side, balancing the times that we're in and maintaining what God's called you to do? Do you find that difficult? Is there, is there things that God's teaching you at this time concerning your ability to maneuver these adversities and stay true to what you believe? And then how much have you seen you've lost friends along the way, maybe, or lost people, or you think, dude, numbers, not that numbers are declining because of that specifically, but even in your own follows, right? Like your own Instagram or whatever, you see people like, you know Mm. what, I'm, I'm I'm done or whatever, you know, what do you have? I've, I've had some people over time, you know, get a
1: little snarky with me, get a little crazy, get some inboxes or whatever. But you know what? <laughs> I, I really, even on all the posts that, that I do, I really try to pray things through and use God's wisdom. Mm, and I see that. Yeah. You know, I see that. I'm not always just trying to be like, I could because I I have mm. a cynical mind. Like I could be your, bro-
2: your brother's like your other part of your brain. Yes. I see oh, my I'll brother's. Watch. I watch. My brother
1: has no filter. You know. I love it though. Dude. I know. I, I know, and and he's very passionate yeah. about the stuff too. And I agree with uh, most of the stuff that he says too. Mm-hmm. I just learned like in the platform that God has given to me mm-hmm. to be able to minister to all walks of life.
2: Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment that you started to feel like? Whoa, wait a minute. Let me take a step back because my passion for what I still believe 100% politically is sort of is sort of hijacking like what I'm here to do. Yeah. Are you, I mean, did you see any of that in ministry? Is that something in your heart at all or
1: Yeah, I no, I, I would say that I I know my heart this is what it comes down to. Mm. I actually have a burden for not just myself, but for the other people that kind of think how I do, like with conservative values. I think about my family as well. And so when you're trying to shut down everyone, you're shutting them down. Mm -hmm. They don't have a voice completely. So when you're you're lumping everybody together, I hate when people generalize things. And this is the biggest thing that I had a problem with this girl that I I was talking to and talked about all of racism and all these Mm -hmm. kind of things. I'm like, dude, I I will agree that there is racism in the world, you know, because of sin and i don't want to get lost in the, this topic but when you start generalizing a whole people mm. Mm. white nationalists yeah. white supremacy you know they they voted for trump are you are you are you, you're real, are you for real right now mm. because i mean even when they were trying to um go on something they were talking about this rally i'm like actually i knew a bunch of people that i've never been to rally i want really that's not my thing but, Me neither yeah but the people that were at the rally i knew about 10 of them and guess what not one of them were white Puerto Rican, Mm. Mexican, (laughs) uh, uh, Filipino. Like, I'm just saying, you know, so you can say what you want to say, but be careful of generalizations of everything. Mm. You know, there are people that don't think as you think, and that's okay. You know, you're you're getting yourself focused upon a person. And I think that that's one of the big things that was dividing in our our culture today. Like, you know, we encourage the congregation to make sure that when you vote, you vote righteously. And we, we focus on four issues and it was on abortion it was on the the family Marriage. it was on uh the israel and it was on the church mm-hmm. you know all the other things taxes all that kind of stuff you know you, you, whatever but you better pray by by your convictions and that's what we really we're not telling people how to vote but really vote biblically and at the end of the day there was such a divide mm-hmm. and it is still such a divide right mm-hmm. and so some of the posts that I did I, I did a post to let people know like and it wasn't to be boastful prideful at all and i really prayed it through i actually sat on it for like a day or two Mm -hmm. like that's cool like here here's 10 reasons why as a christian i voted for trump let me give you 10 reasons why Hmm. and it's still there on on one of my feeds all the way through and i have i want you to understand i have many friends that are on the other side democrats Mm -hmm. i have people that are christians uh, on that side i have people that aren't christians and i'm down for them i care for them i love them But this is how I view. And I hope, as you have voted, you can name 10 reasons why you You voted voted for this particular person. Mm. And it wasn't out of emotion, that you didn't just vote out of hate because of what you didn't like, but you Mm. voted for what you think is going to be best for this nation. And if you did that, hey, all power to you. We can communicate. We can go back and forth. But stop trying to slam people and generalize people and act a fool and diminish people by their... Points of view on different things, mm-hmm. you know. I don't. I'm not the hugest political person. I, right. I really not. I do find an interest in our nation. Mm-hmm. I do find an interest in politics to a point. My relationship with the Lord it supersedes all of that. No sure. matter who the president is, mm-hmm. I'm serving the Lord. Like when I came to the Lord, who George Bush was president. When I did a lot of my ministry, Obama was president. Sure. You know, Trump four right. years. It and you're going to do ministry to this next. It, it yeah. doesn't change. Yeah. It really doesn't change, but. I do pray, I do have a burden, because sure. it's more not the person. The people got all mixed up in this last election on a person. Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump. Yeah. Biden. Biden didn't really bother me, right. himself, mm. personally. But what it did bother me is a lot of the agenda. Right. Hmm. And there, you saw it in the first day or two. You're already yeah. seeing things that are kind of coming sure. out. And it's like, I just hope that you knew what you chose. And it's all good. We we, I, I think that there's a battle, Mikey, where it's like, as a pastor and a leader, I want to be, and that's why you don't want to lose focus. I want to minister to all people because at the end of the day, we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. We all need to mm-hmm. all the other stuff away. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter anything about you. You need the Lord. I need the Lord. And that's my calling upon upon this earth. When it comes to this nation, mm-hmm. I will stand for principles. Sure. I will vote in righteousness. I will vote in the things that I feel convicted are because I'm thinking about the future for my children. Sure. I, I care about things. And right. you know why? If so many people that have been tuned out of these things and then they, they complain about everything. Well, mm. you didn't care. You didn't do anything. Mm. You wonder why the school systems are all screwed up. Yeah. You wonder why the schools are interjecting this crazy curriculum. You, you wonder why so many things are in our culture. It, it starts strategically on another side of trying to infiltrate our, our culture in a lot of ways. Mm. And if we can at least be a voice, it's not trying to change everything, but able to stand and be able to communicate our different points of views. I think it's important. I like what you brought up. It's constructive. Like, and I have challenged my, there's a couple of people that they love. I love them. People know me mm-hmm. and they disagreed with me hmm. on, on, on a couple of things Inbox, box who I very much value like in, in my life. And, but we've recognized mm-hmm. we don't have to say much. We're good though. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. say, to say something negative about a po- a post, but then saying something awesome about my family or saying something about this. That's maturity. Hey, or, you know, question. Yeah. And w- one time it was a little bit more detailed on something. I don't like him because of this. And I get that. Why well, I, I actually voted because of this and this and that. We don't see each other. See on the same page, but we're down. I love you. He's like, I love you too, Sean. <laughs> yeah. You know? And the other one was a little bit more combative. Yeah. You know, it's like, if, you know, I just can't, deal with your, your mindset. I'm like, it's all good. Yeah. But that's
2: on you. One mm-hmm. of the things that Dave shared with me that I really liked is he, 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 he always shuts down that he's political. Mm-hmm. So when people start saying, well, you know, he's like, no, no, no. Like the topic of abortion is not a political topic. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. spiritual topic. The topic of uh, homosexuality is not a political topic. Right. Right. So people will corner you and say you're, po- you're political. No, actually you're spiritual and you're biblical. Right. And because that is the core, then you derive all of your choices in life off of that as being your core. Mm. And if you're put in a room to have to choose, you know, what manager you're going to, you're going to stand by, or you have to choose what, you know, what job site or any of those things, they're all rooted in, in your, your consciousness of the word of God and in your faith. And so that's, that's where I always tell people my, my politics is a byproduct. I don't, I don't have politics like I'm, I'm choosing to get on board. I'm choosing to like the poli- the political in the United States of America, we have what's called voting. And in, in, in the United States of America, the democracy that we have, this is what, this is the land that God allowed me to be born in and the place that I'm at. And, and so I try to put my heart aside as far as just my emotions. Mm-hmm. And then just to make decisions based on, you know, principles that are fine in the word of God. Now, if I'm just being completely transparent, there's patriotism in me that's separate right not po- political but patriotism because i was raised by i'm third generation military right like i'm like eight generations born in the united states mm-hmm. and and my before it was even the united states my family was here so so there's patriotism deep rooted inside of me and i have a passion about this stuff and i i'm, I'm very supportive of the troops and of those things but though because of those things is not why i have now conveniently you know, brought scripture to match what I believe over here, the scripture is always the root of it. Right. And, and so I'm not political and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian mm. and I believe in the moral stance of the Christian. Yeah. And there from that, I derive all these other things. And, but I like what you said. I, I think that that was important is that you, even in your, even in your talking to people that you disagree with, your intention is not just to tear them down, your no, intention I, is to open no. up their minds or to try to just plant seeds, you know? And,
1: and I never like to be like that for Christianity either. Like we've talked about that with evangelism. I don't like the evangelism where they kind of set you up to make you look stupid. Yeah. Ask you a question, make you look dumb. Uh, I hmm. Like I don't like, like that. people that try to shred people like that. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I want you need to be able to respect one another. It's not to say, you know, it's okay if you go back and forth a little sure. bit. No no problem, but better check your heart. Mm. You know, because you can be right but have the wrong attitude and be wrong in the end. It's a bad you know, taste, yeah. yeah. And you know, you could do that, you know, witnessing to somebody in the Lord, but you can also do it when on the various issues. You got to re- recognize that it. it's okay. You, it, you don't have to always try to change everybody's mind and just, a lot of stuff, they're, they're not going to change their mind. You know, that's going to be something that they'll develop in or maybe you'll change your mind on something, hmm. whatever yeah. else. But there is an importance of dialogue. Mm. And that's what's mm. hurting right now in our culture. Um, you know, and it, it, media is deceptive. I'm telling you. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, I've done, and you know, like in Christianity, like there are false doctrines out there all the time. Mm. False teaching. You know, you got to know the source. You got to know the author. Um, don't, don't believe every YouTube video you've seen. Don't believe every book that you've read. You know, you got to have discernment. And when it comes to various issues like that, I recognize there's two sides to the, to the story mm. and stuff. Mm. And I, I think that um, that is something where, I think you talked about it earlier, alluded to it. I think this is one of the problems that's facing the younger generation is they try to remove adversity from every level of their life. Mm. And it's, it's going to backfire. Right, mm. yeah. You know? I'm not for being bullied like in school. Like it, it's yeah, up, but, yeah. but when you go overboard yeah, sure. on stuff, you don't recognize that some of the adversity that people have come from has turned them to be successful in what God's made them. But if you want to pamper them in every area, you don't want... There's some words I hate. Safe space. (laughs) Triggered. (laughs) Like, I can't stand those words. What are you talking about? Right. You know? I talk to my kids, too. Like, you know, you can go whimper a little bit. You better bite down and stick in... You better Man tuck up. that out yeah. right yeah. now. Like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, mm. and it, it's be it. We become dangerous in the future, you know. You ha- and for people, people also have to not be weak in what they believe too. They sure. have, to have to be confident in the Lord and their different views on things mm. because mm. your voice needs to be heard. Heard too, hopefully. But you got to have a right heart. Mm. You know, politics divide a lot of people, and it's very easy. I I, I don't get yourself lost in it. Um, really pray. Pray for our nation right now. You know, there was one thing, and I mentioned this on a post that I did yesterday, because everyone knows, like, i always was supportive of Trump. I wanted Trump to win again. Why? And people have a hard time, like, because they think of, like, oh, he's such a bad man. He was what? a bad, bad mm-hmm. man. You know, people talk about his It's past. Always car- it's always attack on always him a, as a character, character, person, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, nobody ever said, like, I never said that Trump was a born-again Christian. I never said that. Right. You know, and I think John MacArthur said that when you come to picking a president, you know, you think about a brain surgeon. You never say, <laughs> like, he's like, I'm not looking for them in prison to be a Christian. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. a brain surgeon. I'm like, I wonder if he's a Christian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, no. Is he good? <laughs> you're, does he know how to, like, work on a brain? You know? <laughs> right. And so
1: when it comes to somebody that wasn't a politician, mm. that had the gift of administration and delegation and organization, what she does, Why don't you try to give him a little, and not this like guy that gets paid by, you know, politics for his whole life? And I thought the overall he did a pretty (laughs) amazing job. And then not only that, look at the people that were around him. That was Christian. A lot of Christian influences around him. And I saw
2: change in him throughout uh, in his faith. He always held his ground on what he stood. But um, I could sense like early when he would be asked certain things, and then later, you know, it sounds it's. And I'm assuming fully, but it seems like there was some somebody solid in his ear. Yeah. You know? And the, the, there was just certain things that he would say towards the end. I was like... Mm-hmm. This is the problem that I
1: have. This is the problem that I have, is when we just murder people with our words, and you don't even look at them at, as a person. Or mm-hmm. if they did anything bad in their past, now just disregard them completely. That's what mm-hmm. was taking place, right? Where some of those riots, where they're just like taking off statues of like yep. Abraham Lincoln, all these people, you're yep. just like... Because he said this, or he was down for this at the particular time. Look, if you go anywhere now, mm-hmm. in the past, like nobody's perfect, right? All have fallen short of the glory of God. So you're going to discredit everything that they've done. Martin Luther King Jr. is known as some of the greatest speeches. I loved even as a kid listening to his speeches. Right, um, and Same. he did so much in civil rights. And there's other people that will bring up, well, he was bad to his wife, or he was a womanizer. Mm-hmm. All these kinds. Of, so you're going to discredit everything that he did, right? You you, um, now, if you go through that mindset, you should disregard Planned Parenthood, right, and abortions because you know that the roots of it was in racism. Right. Hmm. Why aren't those things being attacked? Do you know what I'm saying? I I just say that, and then you see how many comedians were being canceled by some skit that they did in 1984 and stuff. Like, are we looking for a perfect human being? There is none. Hmm. Right. There is none. Right. And for a person to be discredited for you know, remember, like, uh, we're talking a little bit about politics. No, go ahead. you like, Yeah, you're good. you know, when it looked at, with um, the Supreme Court Justice, that Kavanaugh, where you had oh, yeah. all of these accusations that were going crazy, mm-hmm. they were saying the most evilest things to him in this debate, and it was all based upon a House party that he might have or may not have been when he was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. He swore he never had seen this girl. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But they made it seem like he was Lucifer in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were trying to assassinate his character <laughs> yeah. in front of his family. You saw him frustrated, almost right. in tears of weeping. Sure. Like, and you, if you're making it to the level to be appointed on that level, let me tell you something. You have been dedicated in your schooling, in, in college and all that kind of stuff, sure. all the way up to the current time. You've already grown a reputation. You're not just like... You're not just, you know, like, you know, applying to McDonald's or yeah. something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. They already know, but it just went to this level of, like, it was just so evil. And, it was, and let's say something right. was true of something, and it, it turned yeah. out not to be. But are we going to judge somebody for something that they thought or did when they were 15 years old hmm. and say that they can never be redeemed again? What is that, uh? That's hmm. dangerous. Uh, it's it is so dangerous. And I will say that on the flip side, too. Like, and that's why why we're so divided, because... There were so many things that they pointed upon one candidate. And for Biden, who obviously has a tracker, been there, said a lot of dumb things, a lot of foolish uh-huh. things, mm-hmm. done some very questionable things, and then those things being disregarded. I'm not saying that, right. you know, debate go through all of his life or whatever, sure. but I'm, you should have a balance between the two. Sure, mm-hmm. And it, it's just a very interesting time that we're in. And so I think that you can't get overly emotional with all this mm-hmm. stuff. I think that you also can't check out because you check out things will just continue getting worse you got to pray continually the bible tells us to pray for all of those that are in authority even for those that disagree with you Hmm. and you pray that god will do do a work god will raise up other people um and but there's a there's a i think it was scalia one of the older supreme court justices that that passed away and the one that passed away this last year was ginsburg and she's obviously more liberal democratic um, Democratic Party loved her you he wanted to stay alive forever. Mm-hmm. Um, she was for women's rights and some other things um, and did some good obviously a little bit more liberal we would disagree on her, with her on some other issues that she, uh, some other views that she had but they had the two of them, Scalia and her were known to having a great relationship mm-hmm. and even though they had a horrible point they had not horrible they had very different points of view right but they valued each other's relationship. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think Scalia said, he says, like, be encouraged or be comfortable with the gridlock. And the gridlock is when a president is trying to do something and then there's the Senate, there's the, the House of Congress. There's different steps mm. to get things passed. And sometimes you want things just to be quick. You want your people in and just be mm. quick. But he's like, be comfortable with the gridlock. And what that means, what it takes mm. to have gridlock is to have two differing opinions that kind of go back and forth and, and fight back and forth because mm. you need it. Because sometimes you think you're right and you want to get something passed. Like I think about our own personal lives. If we would choose everything how we would want it right then, we would get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Sometimes you're glad that the door closed. And so there are these things in process in this amazing nation that we're a part of that allows things to have pushback so something comes through. Now there are going to be things that come through that you're not going to be down for and then hopefully something changes in the future I think think that's what most I'll say about politics. I think that we live in the greatest nation in the world. Mm. I I don't think it's over. You know, I I think that there is. There's always hope. You know, there's one thing that Biden said in his inauguration. And I said, I did a post about it yesterday. Like, you know, you start off a little slow. I mean, he's (laughs) old, dude. I'm like, I would never choose Uh to be president at 78 years old. I'd be chilling. But, you know, a little slow, a little low energy. But he said one statement in his message that was like, like if you don't if you agree with me, thank you for your support. Blah blah blah. If you don't if you disagree with me, I also say give me a chance. And I like if that. I can't, yeah. if I if after giving me a chance you just still disagree, that's okay. That's what we're here. That we live in a democracy. We can have that. That's a great statement. Yeah. But it needs to have follow through. Right. right. Because it's not being followed through on a lot of other platforms right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we definitely need. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think that. We're in a very critical time in our nation's history. Mm -hmm. And we say this like, oh, is it politic?" Well, guess what? It trickles down in so many platforms. It trickles down in your school system, your elementary school system, your workplace and everything. And if if voices are being silenced on that, on those top ends, on different views, guess what? It's gonna have a trickle down effect where it's gonna continue. It's already there like in colleges a lot of ways. But to silence a voice more, silence different points of view down of younger years and you don't want that right there's many people in my life uh, um that disagree with me sure Mm. posted a video like some people love like candace owens Mm -hmm. but some people hate her yeah right you know and this guy used to play basketball with love him dude like and uh i i don't know i posted this and he said some like snarky remarks about her and i was just like. I should check her out, man. It's a pretty good, like breakdown. Like it's cool because she was speaking with this guy from a different point of view, like we're talking about. Mm. And it's just cool. Like they had a cordial conversation. I don't care. Like she's this and that. Mm. And that. it's all good, homie. He's like, Hey, but I still love you, Sean. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 one of the things the Lord's recently spoken to me about on this subject, because I was watching so many people have so many good things to say that I was like, look, there's enough amazing, like, I could tune you into Jack Hibbs, mm-hmm. like, sermon, and you'll hear amazing things, points being made with information yeah. that, that I, I just didn't feel like I needed to to try to become a voice, right? Yeah. But the Lord really spoke to me in, in this season where I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I'm just going to see, mm-hmm. sit back and just watch people that, and that was when God began to speak to me about respecting and holding cautiously and I'm not cautiously like in a scared, but like holding it, you know, when you hold uh, porcelain carefully, like with, with care, yeah. holding with care, um, the, the influence and what platform God has given me. Now what I'm speaking of is you may have a platform that is only to your nephews mm-hmm. or your a platform that is only to your friend, a, a coworker. But whatever platform the Lord, not you putting yourself, but the Lord has given, you see that he's given you influence on Mm -hmm. them as a listener, that you Christians need to utilize Mm -hmm. the platform that God's given them. Now, what happens sometimes we see pastors that have huge platforms like, you know, when Jack Hibbs does things politically, he affects his community. Even you see like voting in his city changing because of things that he's pushing or whatever. He's very proactive. You know that. So you look at, okay, that guy's, he's, that's what he's supposed to do. That's not what I'm called to do. Mm -hmm. But when, when, when people are lending you their ear and God's giving you influence and it's only whoever that, whatever platform that is, it's important that Christians consider why God's giving them that Mm -hmm. and what effect they will have on those people. And that's where God's really been speaking to me and giving me like a peace and, a, and an excitement about what we're doing here in this podcast, mm-hmm. because I don't care about numbers, but what I do care about is whoever does tune in that I'm making sure that I'm being what it is that God wants me to be. And that the the people that we're inviting on mm-hmm. prayerfully inviting on, you know, it's pretty clear by now, like our relationship to golden Springs is very close. Like yeah. most of the people on our show are from Calvary Chapel, golden Springs. But what's interesting, Sean is that the listeners aren't all Golden Springs, mm-hmm. and that's interesting to me, because one of the things I learned from Dale a long time ago, and I always, I was, I immediately stuck it in my head was, I'm not, I'm never gonna go to someone else's church, and start like talking to people and being like, hey, dude, well over here we do, I, I I've never liked the way that tasted from other people, and I've never been about doing that, but when you're not intentional, you're just speaking, and these subjects are coming up. And then you find that God's given it a platform where there's people listening that don't necessarily aren't in your immediate circle. There's some awesome growth opportunities. There's fellowship that is beyond just, you you know what it's like, Sean, when you're sitting at a coffee table with people that you already know, agree with you, then you just get into like a making fun of mode. You're like Mm -hmm. these freaking idiots over here. And you know, the guy believes already what you're saying. But when you're, when you're at a, men's breakfast with they're inviting other people and people are showing up. Then all of a sudden your conversation becomes different when you're sitting with those people, you're listening a little more, you're feeling them out for where they're coming from. And I think there's something beautiful in, in felt in fellowship and iron, sharpening iron in that. And that's one of the things I've been praying for, for this podcast, particularly.
1: I think one of the things that you guys can agree, like one of the things that's dangerous in our culture is on the social media aspect where it's this quick response off the hip, you Mm. say the most evil things to people sometimes Mm. that you probably would never say to their face. Mm. Right, right. You know? Um, I think your boy Mike Tyson said something uh, this last year, and it was on a quote that circulated a little bit. He's like, when I see all these guys getting snarky on on social media, they have definitely never been
2: punched in the face before. (laughs) Oh, man, the atmosphere changes when he's (laughs) in the room. dude. You just see it in people, they're just like... Uh, it's so different, bro. Mm-hmm. He's so dope, dude.
1: Because you could have valuable conversations with people. You know, I've had people in my life, again, that totally on the opposite side, and people who have heard me talk to them and have these dialogues. He's like, why don't you just hang up on them? Why don't you just cut them off? Why don't you just block them? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. But why? Like, my thing is like, you know what? One day, God tarries. I might be... Uh, they might call me when they're on their deathbed, Yep. you know when they go through a uh, tragedy, they go through a testing, and they 'll be like, "You know what like I ain't down with them on this political stuff i ain't down with him on this stuff, but he's always kind of was down for me, mm. you know, and those things are important mm. i like, I'm not trying to just have all the people around me and i've I've had to fight for that a few times, mm. just uh, not in gnarly ways i mean i I think people like me for the for the most part, but like just if I felt like something, it was just maybe. Led to be like a little bit more Hey man I value your voice dude We don't yeah. see the eye Boom boom And then maybe throw a smart Alec joke to them Just yeah, so yeah. like recognize like We're cool Yeah You know Because I don't want to And if they want to bounce They can bounce But, I, but I'll keep With the right heart I think
2: mm. a good takeaway From that um, From what you're saying is Treating people like you are Talking to them face to face You know When you're sitting down Sharing a meal with somebody And they're like You know I, I just can't stand You don't just get up and walk <laughs> away you know you don't just you don't there's not a magic button eject button for them to just disappear out of your life forever you you have to endure that conversation and 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 if you value that person then you're not arguing them to win but you're you're invested in the conversation because you care about them right like mm-hmm. they're you're listening to their idea which is off at times or they're blinded by something and you're hearing them so you're not standing on the Defense of your view, you're you're serving the person yeah. with your view. You're, yeah. you're you're, and that's a world of a difference, yeah. right? And so I think I want to encourage people like to consider that perspective. You know, when you're talking to somebody that you don't agree with, instead of defending your stance, how about serving them with with your stance, right? Yeah. If you can mm-hmm. consider that, hey, what I believe, there's truth and there's quality behind it, and I could serve a person, and instead of just like. Oh, think of a a, a burn, yeah. you know, dude, social media is so crazy because people, some people have that talent, right? They're the wit or whatever. Yes. And they can say, they could say in very small words, a very hurtful statement or whatever. And that's almost like a talent for some people, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily uh, uh, um, assist truth, right? Yeah. You're because you're good at that, you know, or, and, 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 or does it certainly doesn't mean that. You, you you were more right because you're good at that. Right. And one thing that does come across, man, is true love, dude. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. the bottom line is, is that that person, even though they're being foolish or they're getting snarky with you or whatever, you care about them. You really do care about them. Not enough to be like, I'm going to let my world, you know, crash if they unfriend me. I'm, I know you're the type of person that, Hey, if somebody <laughs> wants to leave, they, they could go, yeah. bro. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> But but you're not the person that's shoving them out the door, you know. There, there's 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 always that Christ perspective that he he did his death was sufficient for the sins of the
1: entire world. And that's where it comes down to everything with, with us. Like you always want to be led by the Spirit of God in your life. Like and you know when you start writing something, hmm. if you're doing it with the wrong heart, the Lord will kind okay, erase, yeah, funny, yeah. Copy, cut it all but, out. But you could go that way. I'm right. Just in, yeah. and just drop it. But you know, just got to really be prayerful and mindful mm-hmm. of those things. You know, yeah. because words can really destroy people if they're done with the with the wrong heart. Mm. If you if you say stuff that is hard, maybe to to hear at the time, but it's done with the right heart, and you can sleep at night. Like, you know, cool. There's a couple things I've learned too. And like I said, something kind of that I thought was a joke or whatever on something, and it offended this one person. I was like, oh, dude, totally. And I could see how they could see it, and that I took back. I was like, "Dude, I did not mean it like that at all." Mm. Just so you know. Oh yeah, we're cool. I'm like, yeah. And it was just one of those things. Like, I got mm. to right. yeah, be mindful of that idol babble. Right. Yeah,
0: I I got to be mindful of that. That's truth and love. I think one of the things I'm wondering about is what's going to happen when they start to censor pastors, mm. and they start to ramp up on persecution. Because yeah. I'm looking at like, man. I mean, we're we're thinking that COVID's going to end. We're thinking that, Mm -hmm. but some COVID twenty two can come out Mm -hmm. sometime, and then we're stuck in this like we're, you know, this repeat. I feel like right now this year, twenty twenty one is almost twenty twenty part two. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, we're thinking like, okay, like this is going to end and things are going to go back to normal. But I'm almost now like, you know what, God, this is just you know your method of getting us to where you're going to come back. And I'm looking, okay, well, what then do we do now in this time? And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is yeah. like staying the course, giving people truth and love, having the, that ability to be able to hear your coworkers, your friends, your family, and just share with, even when they're sinners. Like today I was in a van with a guy and he asked me, he's like, hey, what's, what's your opinion on, on smoking weed? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, biblically, I was like, i let him know. I was like, hey, just so you know, like all my like points of view, come from a biblical perspective Mm. and he was able to to listen to me and to hear. And I think that's what raw always teaches. It's like, you want, you know, you don't always have to just preach to people. Mm -hmm. You want to build that relationship and lead by example. And I think that's something that we could kind of just encourage if anyone's listening right now, it's, you know, we need grace. Mm. We need grace in people's lives. I remember some of my family members when, when they first got saved and or when they were like kind of struggling in their walk and I had just first got saved, I was pretty brutal because I was like, well, I know the truth now I know what it means Mm -hmm. to be holy and I know what it means to be lukewarm. So I was brutal with some of my family members and God corrected me and showed me like, you know what, dude, like you were just like them. Mm -hmm. So I, I I think that right now I'm kind of curious too, what could you encourage people kind of as we're, I think we're kind of winding down here. Uh, what should Christians right, right now look forward to in 2021? What should we be doing as, as a church, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some, some things that you maybe even vis- vision that you have for like what's coming, what mm-hmm. we should progress in.
1: You know, kind of piggybacking with what we're talking about right now and what we're doing on Sunday nights is something that's on my heart is we are in a battle for truth. You know, we've always Mm. loved the study of like with Pilate and Jesus, what is truth? I did that study again the other day. Super good. And it is important. What I would encourage the the believers to do is to really know truth. Mm. Know why you go to church. Don't just do it. Mm. Know why you worship. Know why you read your Bible. And then what is sin, salvation? Like know those things. Mm. Not just because your parents told you to, not just because it's just a way... You know you like going to church like really no what why you believe why, why did i say that you mentioned it persecution come to the church oh i think it definitely can can censorship come to the church i definitely think it can and i think that that's a snowball effect mm-hmm. you know when you saw just with the president and you're seeing some of those things if they can do it there they can do it anywhere mm-hmm. and if there are going to be other views that you don't agree with and you silence them and let me tell you something, when you could teach you the Bible through Genesis Revelation, you're going to hear some things that you don't like at times, mm. right? There's going to be some things that put you on front street, and we cannot compromise the truth of God's word. That is important. But you also have to be wise. You also have to be, um, you have to teach without compromise, but you also have to have, like what you're talking about, grace mm. on people, mercy on people, just as you would want to be treated uh, before you knew the Lord, too. You don't want mm-hmm. somebody telling you how dumb and how foolish you were. Like, you're going to just close that door. Um, but trust the leading of God's mm-hmm. Spirit. That's mm-hmm. what we need more more than anything uh, today. I think we have to pray. And, I, and I'd also say this to those that have kind of listened to this and they're on the other side when it's talking about political views and mm-hmm. different views. The only way for those things to heal is from both sides to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So, if it's the conservative side that's getting silenced the, the the democratic side they they need to like kind of fight for them as well, like sure. you don't want mm. their voice to be silenced because guess what sometimes those things can like catch up to you and it gets lopsided yeah mm. and you know for the Christian faith, I think that we're in a time and season today where you have to be so discerning. there are so many things can that can sound right, and it's not true. Mm. you know a lot of people are, you know this is a little bit of Christian, a little bit of uh, uh, politics. It's like all of these things are saying like the Lord, you know, is going to give the Trump four more years, and all of these kind of wacky prophets saying mm-hmm. all of these things, and mm-hmm. then they're going to come to pass. I saw. I don't know if you guys follow the Babylon Bee. It's yeah. hilarious, right? Yeah. And they did another thing, and it's like, well, now because every day there's like this scenario is going to happen, and this Pence is in jail somewhere. All this crazy stuff. Yeah. And. They put a post that says, uh, in "Evangelical prophets have just um, said that Trump's next four years are his, uh, spiritual reign, not not literal." Not literal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to justify the prophecy. Uh, I, to to Dude, justify I, one of the new,
0: one
2: of the newest things on that on that one, I hear that they say it immediately. Like you know, and bear with me, guys, because I'm learning to discern the difference between you know, um, partial. Partial prophecy, yeah. like so. I'll, I will for the next four years, Trump being uh, uh, our president, you know, it, it, it was actually I, I skipped. Like it's when he, it's when he comes. He's gonna run again, yeah. and he's gonna. And I'm watching these people. I'm like, you'd have been stoned in the <laughs> <dozen laughs> dude. But, 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 but one of the things that I I, I want to share that the Lord and I'm gonna keep it super quick that concerning your question, something the Lord really showed me is, you know, in our in our blind confidence that we have recipes that work. We go into scenarios that are different and say, I'm going to figure, I'm going to, we'll do this. It'll work, you know, but Christianity has always been submission to the leading of the Lord. Um, And, and when a Christian is, is surrendered to that perspective, every adversity is met the same way in that he's at, he's seeking the Lord. He's in tune with the Lord's voice and he's seeking for, what the lord says Um, to do and that's just so awesome dude like at the end of the day you 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 know this dude like you hear pastor Rawls speak you dude especially when he's in israel all of a sudden his the lights go on and he's like and over here and you're getting information and dates and locations and it's like a phenomenon that he's able to do but that's not the reason why god uses him dude You know, in the moments when, dude, the 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 rewind thing that they do, what is it, where they show his old yeah. sermons, dude? I, honestly, I I I love Pastor Rawls' old sermons at yeah. that time when he's got the cr- crazy little gray suit on and his glasses, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's just bringing it, like bringing it like craziness. But dude, in those seasons when when he was having he's having seizures or the things that's going on, there isn't less of the Lord through him. There isn't more, there isn't, he isn't yeah. greater because he's memorizing all these things and we're in Israel or it's because here's a man who, who submitted to God yeah. and he just is, he's, he is doing what God tells him to do and he's in tune with what God, the heartbeat of the Lord and you know, when you yourself as a, as a young pastor and you have a church, you know, moving forward, you could talk to people and tell you, okay, here's what you need to do, you know, here's what's going to work and this, this isn't, you know, this is, to me, this is obedience to the door that God opened. This isn't me, like, you know, trying to look at what's going on. This is what's going to work. Mm. I don't know nothing about yeah. podcasts before this, but one thing I'd like to encourage any Christian is if you can s- maintain your in-tuneness with the voice of God, by the Word of God, staying true mm. to the Word of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, then the Lord's going to lead you through whatever twenty yeah. twenty one yeah. twenty twenty two 2022 brings yeah. Doesn't matter. I you dig know? that.
0: I dig that because I think sometimes we get caught up in even when it, it is a new year, like oh re- resolutions and what am I going to do different this year. But what you're telling me is like, dude, just let the Lord lead you. If there's bro. one
2: thing I could change that I w- would go back, dude, and some of the things I did. I know the Lord's taught me through things, bro. But and that I went studies and all that, being a part of ministries. But I wish that I would have been more. Just like, what do you what do you want mm. instead yeah. of like oh, I'm gonna. Oh, you're all right for the Lord, you know, for the Lord. Like, yeah. and even into my marriage, dude. Like, dude, we had it so down, bro. Like, my wife has never disrespected me, and she's always like, she's always had my back, and she's always. But, dude, going into some of the difficulties in marriage, all of a sudden I was like, I don't, I don't know at all. I don't know how to deal with this, dude. And, but what we did know how to do is just come to the Lord and get on our knees and be like, we don't know, God. Like, mm. I don't know. She didn't know, dude. And, but we trust you, you know. And mm. So anyways, I'm not trying to... Sean, we like to end every one of our um, podcasts with, with a question, and that is, how can we pray for you, dude? Yeah. Is there any way that we could pray for you if something comes to mind? And I know there's a basic, your family, your kids, but is there yeah. anything that comes to mind particularly particular that we could pray for you? Um, I think just praying for, for
1: vision. Um, praying, I think, for, for my health, too. I mean, because to me, it's like some of those things that are important to me because I really feel led to be able to communicate on a level Um, that God's calling me to. You know, I I would say this, I want to say this last thing is, uh, Winston Churchill said this statement, Mm. as you've probably heard it said before, that truth is so valuable that it's often guarded by a bodyguard of lies. Mm. And it was used during the the World War II. And um, Mm. what he meant by that is that in strategic planning, um, you don't always tell the enemy where your stuff is. It's guarded by uh, the the diversion, Mm. lies, You know, it says that truth is so valuable, it's often guarded by a bodyguard Mm. of lies. And there's so many different scenarios you can take from that. Mm. Obviously, one is you can't believe everything that you see right in front of you. Mm. You might think that you're seeing the truth, but it might be deception. And so you have to really be mindful in the days that we're living in today. You have to test all things. Mm. You know, you can't just get lost in just only people that think your way. You're not gonna understand the other way. It's not that you have to dis- go the other way to agree with them, but you out- you have to at least know where they're coming from. Mm. And so what I would say, you could pray for me for me just to keep that heart, that sensitive heart, you know because I say these things and you know I like to communicate with people, but I'm just like anybody. Else. I get frustrated too. I don't want to backhand people once in a while. <laughs> but um, I know just it. keeping a, just a sensitive heart for the Lord is mm. the greatest thing, and just being the man that God's called me to be. That's it. That's awesome. right on.
0: Why don't we pray for Sean? i pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this awesome, Father, just time to to fellowship. I pray, Father, that whatever, Lord, was, Father, just chaff that needs to be thrown in the wind, Father, uh, do so, Father. But, Father, those things that people need to take hold and apply to their lives, I pray, Father, that you would help us to do that, help the listener. And I pray, Father, that you'd be glorified. Lord God, we lift up Sean to you. I thank you, Father, for his leadership, for his guidance, for his friendship, for his love, Lord, to your believers. And I pray, Father, that you'd continue to give him insight, Father. Give him vision, clarity, Father. Discernment beyond his years, Lord. Father, may he just continue to uphold Pastor Rawls' hands, Dale's hands, Father. I pray, Father, that you would just continue to, Lord God, give him favor. I, fr- I pray, Father, for his health. Lord God, just take away any episodes, Father, in his mind, his, his stomach, Father. I pray, Father, you would just give him that ability to be able to go forward, Lord. And Father, give him strength, Lord God, when, Father, trials do come. And I pray, Father, for a sensitivity, Lord, to where you're leading. May he just continue to be led, Father, by your spirit. Father, not by this world or by emotions or, Lord God, even a Christian culture that isn't of you. But I pray, Father, you'd give him, Lord God, just that leadership, that strength to lead others. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, just the brother he is. I pray you just bless him, bless his family, his sons. Hmm. I pray, Father, just for a a hedge of protection around them, Father, that they would be, Lord, as those arrows, Father, just sent out into the world, Lord. Hmm. We love you, Father. We thank you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks, That's r- guys. That's a wrap. Awesome.